Welcome back to the Mouse and Joystick Podcast. It is currently July 3rd of 2016. And all three of us are back here for another episode of the show. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How about you guys? Everything's going all right over here. I'm doing... Oh, well, I'm doing okay. I could be doing better, but... Um, making, getting by, getting by. <laughs> I guess you're right, right? Uh, there's one thing I want to say that's been pretty awesome, but the the people on Twitter have been very good to us, and we have broken 300 followers, so that's that's awesome. Thank you, everyone that's out there following right. the show. Thank you. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how we manage that, but you guys are awesome. Uh, there, we do have a Facebook page, too, which is not getting any love, but, I mean, it's Facebook, so if you are not on there, I totally understand. Yeah, it's not as popular. But if you are on Facebook, consider giving Mouse and Joystick Podcast a like. We would appreciate that as well. But um, enough with the plugging. There, We've been uh, playing quite a few games as of this month. I mean, the other big thing that happened this month was E3, but we'll get to that later. That, that's probably going to end up being the main portion of the show. But before we get to that, let's, let's talk about some games. Um, I know you know I have been playing overwatch maybe a little bit more than the other us two have so do you want to let us know what's been up of overwatch since we last talked about it yeah yeah so uh <clears throat> they're uh about ready to hit halfway through their first competitive season or i guess not halfway since they just launched it but uh they've uh gone at least a few days under their belt and uh it's not going too smoothly you know trademark pending on that one <laughs> uh there's been a few hiccups uh involving their sudden death mechanic and their coin coin flip mechanic for ending ties in competitive mode and there's a few issues with the mmr loss gain ratios for king of the hill maps and then their hybrid and objective maps but um jeff kaplan has confirmed that the starting of season two they will be addressing a lot of those issues with competitive mode um as far as the content extra content on top of that with maps and i think hinting of a new character being added has also been kind of sprinkling around the reddit page and official battle.net forums um Dave, along with i think if you haven't heard about it the golden guns have also been implemented already so oh, if you uh, yeah, yeah, grind so away bling. in competitive mode <laughs> But it's a it's Self good a to see gun. it's good to see that Blizzard is still very much willing to show some support for this game because I know in the past that they've had this they've it seemed like they thought they knew what they're doing but the fan base wasn't happy and so they kind of were stubborn and would just stick with their stick to their guns for a while. It seems like right off the bat they <laughs> yeah. already know that there's something wrong so that they're they're going ahead and yeah, improving they've, that. They've officially recognized. Recognize that there's a problem, so they're not trying to brush it under a rug or anything. So it's like a new record for Blizzard. I mean, I <laughs> wish I wish I'd been able to play more Overwatch than I have been. It just it's, it's kind of hard when you don't have high speed internet to play a first person shooter. Here. But uh, yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, um, I've I've just been playing a whole bunch of miscellaneous things since I've been able to do that. Like uh, I mentioned last month that I was doing my 100% Witcher three playthrough. And I actually got around. Yes, to, yes. I got around to doing that, and even though I was only using 
Oh, I wasn't only. I was using like a mod that lo that let me quick travel from anywhere, and I was skipping most of the cutscenes because I already went through the whole story. And it still took me about seventy-seven hours to do everything in the game. It's <laughs> a <laughs> solid chunk of time. So it's I like mean, some of the cutscenes are long, though. Some of the cutscenes are really long, and running around to the quick travel points is also really long and tedious so the fact that i just cut all that out meant that the game was like half as long as it should have been and it's still really yeah. long this is a testament to how awesome and how content felt that game is i have no regrets definitely uh other things i got around to doing was i went and went back and uh, was playing through the new version of Keen's quest i uh Play through chapter two and three of that, and unfortunately, I didn't like those two as much as the first one. The first one had a lot of cool references to what is that, the, the Princess Bride and other beloved franchises. And this one kind of tried to do its own thing, or maybe I just missed the references, but it was okay. Like, if you like the first one, I think you might still enjoy these to a degree, but it is what it is, and it's not amazing, but it's not bad or anything. Oh, and also, uh, I got inspired to play through Black Ops 3's campaign for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but I was just <laughs> like, man, I haven't I haven't done that yet. I'm just gonna go ahead and play through this. And I'm not really I'm not really sure what I experienced. It was trippy and psychedelic, and I don't really know what happened at the end, even though I had to look up the answers from smarter people and I still don't fully understand. Uh, I know you played through it as well, Noah. Like, what what did you think of Black Ops's three campaign? It was kind of a little hard to wrap it wrap your head around, just because of the they started off weird, where you're like in these simulations, and then all of a sudden you're like, they, there's like not a super clear point when you transition from these memories to an actual actual point where you're not in a simulation anymore and then you eventually come back to these simulations and then you're like in this weird like you know, lucid dreaming kind of state but affecting like real world yeah uh, like instances. the timeline is hard to follow but once i actually went back and looked up what order the things actually happened it, it made so much more sense like i don't know if i should talk, say or not because it's really spoilery but uh <laughs> Not all the the whole game is not in chronological order, so certain things you do at the beginning are actually near the end, and some things you do at the end are actually near the beginning of the series of events. They pull that again, kind of. But then there's also like a bait and switch near the end as well. It's like it's just rare doing their trademarks. Like Ooh, we're gonna mess with your minds, try to follow us. Um, what else did I do? Oh yeah, uh, while I was while I was here, not really having anything else to play, I decided I was gonna go download some hacked custom mods for Pokemon games. You can uh, download them and play them through an emulator. So I went and uh, I played a couple of custom Pokemon games. Uh, some of the highlighted ones I want to talk about really briefly include Pokemon Ash Gray, which is kind of like a modern like a more modernized version of Pokemon Yellow, you know, which is the one where you're playing as like Ash and you have Pikachu and all that. 
This is like mm-hmm. a, just a slightly more modern version of that where it follows the events of the show even more closely than the Pokemon Yellow actually did. Yeah. Like the the person the, the the original. Oh, okay. Because there've been so many. Well, when I say the original, I don't mean like the manga adapted series. I mean the the one that we the, prob- the one we probably all associate from our childhood, where it's Ash and Misty and Brock going on their adventure. It follows. Yeah. It follows that event even more closely than Pokemon Yellow did. Um, probably the best one I played was a custom one called Pokemon Light Platinum. Basically, what it does is it has its own new region. But in addition to that, it has like three other regions from the previous games. And it has Pokemon from all four generations. So you're playing this like one big super mega ultra Pokemon game, which is like the size of four Pokemon games. It was pretty awesome. If you're looking for a beefy Pokemon mod, I would recommend Light Platinum. Uh, I mean, the story and stuff is it's it's the usual affair where there's like an evil organization that wants to conquer the world, so it's, there's nothing special there. Uh, another kind of cool one that I started playing but never finished for, for reasons was Pokemon Dark Rising, which had this cool premise where like the dragon Pokemon are the powerful ones, and so like everything revolves around the dragon Pokemon. And even at the start, your starter Pokemon are dragons. So I think you have the choice of like a Dratini, uh, a Bagon, and a Gibble, which is the Generation 4 Dragon Pokemon. So that was pretty cool, but the problem I ended up having was that the game just was not balanced properly, and the whoever designed it thought it was cool to just throw really, really difficult fights at you early on and make you grind to get past them. Because apparently, you know, if you can just go through a Pokemon game while having the grind, it's too easy or too short. This guy wants you to sit there and spend like 12 hours trying to fight through wild Pokemon to level up and maybe have a chance again through the next boss. So I kind of just got tired of that and moved on. Uh, did a couple of couple of other games. Uh, oh, I don't know for, for those that played through Undertale or not, but I went through and did a second playthrough of that and got the true pacifist ending to that. It's it's something I really want to talk about more, but not not tonight, not now. We'll do that some other time when there's nothing else going on. But I find that game kind of special in the sense that it's one that you either love or you hate. But you have to admit there's like nothing else that like it. But yeah, I went and did a pacifist run of it where you don't kill anything, and that's how you unlock like the true ending of the game. So that was that was pretty cool. I wish more games gave you the option of being a pacifist, but. I guess not, because some people just like running around and murdering shit. <laughs> it, it. I mean, it. It's fun. <laughs> murdering shit's fun. <laughs> Why would you run around and hug people and talk to them when you could just shoot them in the face of a shotgun? Let's be well, I mean, I tried. I did that in Mass Effect, and that was like one of like the only games where I tried to be really nice. I don't mean nice. I, think. I mean like. You didn't attack anything. Well, that's impossible to do in Mass Effect. <laughs> but yeah, I know. It's... Uh, Michael, I, just I, hug, I have... hug the Reapers. Just, they just want to hug. Yeah, they just want to hug and, and laser. The planetary yeah. killing machines just want to hug. 
Obviously. <laughs> I mean, that explains the ending so much. It would explain a lot, wouldn't it? I don't wanna I don't wanna go into that right now. <laughs> Freaking space kids. <laughs> um Amazing. speaking of space. Played uh a demo version of the System Shock remaster came out. For those that don't know what System Shock is, Bioshock is the spiritual successor to the System Shock series. So this is like a spiritual prequel to Bioshock. In a way. But it's like set in a sci-fi space setting. Instead of an underwater city. It's like the same basic principle. You're you're like in an old abandoned place. And there's this mysterious sense that it used to be awesome. But something went wrong. So you're walking around uncovering what went wrong. But uh, the demo is only like 10 minutes or so. But the fact that it's still in like pre-alpha. And it's still in Kickstarter and you can go and fund it right now and it's playing really, really well. It's really promising. So I think I think it's supposed to come out later next year, so that's that's cool. I'm probably gonna be looking forward to that when it does come out. But yeah, like if you're into that, I'd recommend checking out the system shock demo. It was pretty cool. Oh uh, and to do that. I have one last demo. This was one that was <laughs> announced at E three to everyone's shock and dismay. Maybe not dismay, because some people were really excited for this, but the newest Resident Evil game, Resident Evil 7, came out with a teaser demo thing, kind of like PT, and put it on the PlayStation Store. And holy balls, did that, did, did that scare my pants off. Like, I was just like, oh, it's a Resident Evil game. Like, these usually aren't scary because they're supposed to be more, more action-oriented games. Like, yeah. yeah, Yeah, like they're action games. This game is just like, we're going to drop you in a haunted house with no way to defend you and this crazy hobo guy running around punching you in the face. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? There's there's ghosts. Sounds like an awesome game. There's like this witch that leaps around as like a crazy savage and I have no idea what's going on. But like you can, after I played this game in the middle of the night, I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. And let me just say the next day was also rough because of that. Don't do that. But the fact that this game is going to come out in January, I think, and it's going to be a PlayStation VR title is just terrifying. I don't know if I could <laughs> yeah. play I don't know if I could play this in VR. VR horror is gonna be gonna be like an interesting new take on uh video games. Cause I guess a lot of people are probably gonna they're probably gonna become really big because I know um, horror movies are huge, but now that like there's horror VR, and I mean horror horror games were already almost like cinematic games anyway. Yeah, and you were already like you're trying to get through a story, almost like a movie. Horror VR probably is, but is gonna take off. I bet. In my opinion, VR was made for two things. The first one was horror games, and the second one was porn. <laughs> and, I mean, it's hard to get both of those. So. It, it, both of those are happening. So VR is going to take off just because you know those two industries are behind it. Um, but yeah, like if you haven't checked out the Resident Evil Seven demo, I also recommend just checking out like a maybe a YouTube let's play of it because it's relatively short. It's like fifteen minutes, and it's just dripping of atmosphere and jump scares are there, but it's not like the main 
thing of the game. So if you're someone that's really against jump scares, it's it's not as bad as other games. But it's just like there's like the sense of dread that goes on when you're in the world in the house. Yeah, and, and the music. And, yeah. Oh god, the music is fantastic too, especially the trailer yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh god, I, like that's the song I could actually just sit there and listen to, but I probably won't because it reminds me of the the tour I went through. but uh enough about what i've been playing michael what have you been playing uh well to start off i will go back to you and say that we have been playing stardew valley oh my god how did i forget that (laughs) you got me into this it's all your fault and i blame you you got me back Um, into it and i put like 30 hours into a farming game (laughs) i told yeah i I convinced you to play it again, and you played it more than I did. Um, it was uh, it was like I, I saw it on sale, and I'm like, I know this is fun, and I looked, I was wanting something that was like, I don't know, a time killer that was fun and just not like all killing and shooting, and it's very relaxing and peaceful, and definitely a time killer, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's farming, and it's like uh, what they compared it to. I'd say it's a lot like a Harvest Moon game. Yeah, Harvest Moon. That's what everyone's compared it to, and I'd say that's probably true. And uh, it's a better Harvest Moon game than most Harvest Moon games. Yeah, and they uh, I one one guy has been making this game and updating it. I'm pretty sure he's still by himself. I'm not entirely sure, but just, I know he he at least started it. Just out by one himself. dude in an apartment somewhere made this game over a period of like three or four years released it on steam and it, it blew up has sold like 1.3 million copies and at like 15 dollars a piece that's quite a good profit i'd say yeah and it's huge and it's still getting updates it has um a lack of uh once you actually beat it there's not much yeah. to continue to do on the same playthrough but that's I know he the the guy, the guy said he's trying to fix that. A big, a big portion of the game is making money, and the other portion of the game is collecting stuff. But then once you collect like all the stuff there is to collect, the only thing left to do in the game is make money for no reason. Mm-hmm. So like, the game is supposed to be balanced around being able to do everything in two a two year period, two in game years. But I found myself having already done everything by like the second spring so then i was just yeah, like, like a year and a half i was just like fast forwarding through the second summer fall and winter just to get to the end of the game kind of so mm-hmm. like yeah the end game content's a little bit lacking for now but i'm pretty sure the dude is aware of that and he's going to remedy that and i think he's also looking into incorporating multiplayer soon which i think would be awesome that... multiplayer in this game would be so good yes it would it would be very looked forward to by a lot of people because like farming's not the only thing i do in this game there's also a pretty robust fishing system and there's a whole 120 level dungeon full of mining and monsters to kill so that's pretty cool too like this game is already amazing and there's still more potential left in it so i look forward to seeing what this guy is capable of doing with the project in the upcoming year or two I'm going to spoil yeah. a little bit of news that 
we have for this month, and that is that Stardew Valley is supposed to be coming to consoles later this year. So I'm really I'm hopeful that maybe with the release of the console versions, there's a multiplayer incorporation along with that. I'm hopeful. I would guess so. That I mean, that's normally a big thing with consoles. So at least split screen for them. I'm split, not sure. Split screen would be a nice addition. But I'll take anything at this point. Probably it's probably the best indie game I've played so far this year. <laughs> That's saying something because indie games are getting better every year. They are, yeah. Lots and lots of uh, greenlit and uh, Kickstarter things that have been better than games like that were done by like major publishers and things. Are you trying to say that Rise Sun of Rome is not that good? I will get to that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, I wanted to talk about The Division because I picked that up. I picked this up way like before E3 even happened. I, I don't know. It might have been even like at the end of um, May this before like June. Right after hit. our last episode. Yeah, like a couple days after. And... Uh, it's been. Uh, I I think I haven't played it since E3, so uh, my my knowledge is <laughs> why, a little. Why bit, is that? Uh, well, I I like the story. Um, I'm I'm definitely one uh a a guy who goes for really good uh story writing in a game, and I like the idea and the concept of the uh, apocalypse. Well, sort of apocalypse, the pandemic basically in this game where people are dying to a disease and they're actually just dying from it. They're not turning into zombies or some other crazy crap. They are just, they're dying from a disease and people are immune or, or they can still get infected by it. Like after all this time and their people are still trying to like take back society. And, uh, it was a bit lacking when it come when it came to, uh, um, single-player, like, mission diversity, where most missions are go here, kill these guys, recapture this for us. Oh, thank you, now we have this, but we still need this, and this is our bad guy, go kill him type of thing. And, uh, which, I mean, there's not... You have to be pretty creative to step outside of that line. So I wasn't too surprised when they didn't have very much that was different from that. Mm -hmm. And, uh... The, multi the big reason why this game was big was because of the multiplayer and why it got so much hype and talk. Um, was It was trying to be like... I think it was trying to be like the Division... Uh, wow. The Division was <laughs> Not trying to be like the Division. division. <laughs> yeah, before it knew it. No, it was trying to be like... Uh, Destiny? Yeah, that one. I, I always forget that for some reason. I've played both. Don't worry, people forget, that about, people forget about that game all the time. <laughs> Uh, not not Bungie. Bungie doesn't forget. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, it was it's it's like a grinding type of uh, multiplayer where you're in a map. Uh, it's it's different from the from. Uh... Gosh dang it! Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. It's different from that because Destiny is more of a dungeon. Uh, grinding thing, and this is in, like an open world type of grinding um, 
enemies that will just respawn over time. And I tried that. I didn't. These two guys didn't want to get the division, um, so I didn't have anyone to play it with. So I was trying to go solo into the dark zone, which is the multiplayer, and get like kill some decently high leveled enemies, which are pretty difficult to kill in the dark zone if you're under leveled, which I was. Um, and then like you know get my stuff out of the dark zone. But to get stuff out of the dark zone, you need to extract it which could take a long time. And as soon as you start that process, an alarm type thing sort of sounds and everyone in the multiplayer um, area that you're in is alerted that you're trying to get stuff out of the dark zone. So they know that and they can come to you. And at the same time, they're also sending AI enemies at you at this. So you're fighting off like hordes of, uh, enemies that are pretty tough already and then just some uh like random people can just come and pick you off which happened to me three times in a row nothing i could do i and i shot these guys so much and they basically blocked through my bullets and as soon as i poked my head out once they shot me and killed me once like just one shot in the head and that was it with my multiplayer experience because i (laughs) didn't want to deal with that um, I can't tell I if almost, it's a series I, of unfortunate events or if it's really just like bad. I th- I think that's how it is with with a lot of uh, people. I'm guessing that like you almost can't do this solo because people in groups are obviously a lot more powerful than just one solo person. Um, unless he has a really good position or whatever or really good guns, but I. Th- I think the only fix to that would be doing something like having like single only servers, which still people can take advantage of in like form groups anyway. So people will find a way to game the system no matter what. Yeah. So I like the I like the single player multiplayer not so much, but I did like the single player division. Oh, the next the next impulse buy <laughs> that I had this month. I like how you're calling it had, impulse buys. I had I I had like five or six of them this month. First, <laughs> uh, was um, Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront, the new one, not the old ones. I already have the old ones. Um, and uh, I picked it up. It was like because it was like half off or whatever. And uh, it's a Star Wars game made by Dice. This should have been an easy win. Yeah, it was a Star Wars game. I thought this would be awesome. I've heard a lot of things about it before buying it. And I know there was a lot of criticism about it, but I wanted to try it for myself because I was craving some sort of like multiplayer type of thing. This was only like a, a little bit ago. So it was after like going through Stardew Valley and I was like, I need less <laughs> single player, more multiplayer. I need to shoot something. And uh, yeah, basically I need to shoot something. <laughs> uh, I, um, I think that they tried to modernize this game way too much um yeah they it's it's felt like i was playing battlefield 4 with a mod to look like star wars which i wish that was the case but when i was playing it a while ago this is back when it first came out i felt like it was kind of like a benefit game but there was just a lot less stuff there was less weapons less vehicles less yeah. Variety to the maps. It just felt like a 
watered down version of Battlefield of a Star Wars skin. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I wish they didn't incorporate, like, any land vehicles besides the speeder. Which, Battlefield was pretty good with a lot of land vehicles. And have almost none in this game was surprising. Um, they took out a lot of people's favorite things from the original Star uh, Battlefront games, which was like the hunt mode and the space, uh, the space fight mode, the heroes only mode, and all like they almost took out all the fun. You just, and just really made upset it. me. Those are like my three favorite modes from Battlefront. They they took out all the fun and they've made it like a modern shooter, which is what people didn't want anymore. I mean, everyone's had a a lot of modern FPSs the past couple years and we're starting no. to get tired of them. Yeah, which is why Battlefield One is such a such a a big hit right now. But besides that, I did, like you said impulse by a rise son of rome because when i first saw this when the xbox one was first coming out i was like wow this game looks really good i i hope to eventually get an xbox one and play it that didn't happen i didn't get an xbox one but it did come to pc and uh it was like half off on a steam sale the other day (laughs) and i decided to download it i beat it in six hours or so maybe a little less than that and uh let me just say that when I was running and things like that, my computer had a hard time handling it for some reason, which is not normal because my computer can handle most games. Like I was running I, when I was running during like just normal games, like nor- during the game, I was at like twelve FPS, and that was like, upsetting. It sounds like they were building it off the League of Legends engine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it felt like it felt like I was playing an Assassin's Creed game almost, an old one, an old oh, one. No. <laughs> yeah, like you couldn't it was hard to handle. Um but then when you stopped like moving and you were just fighting like standing there fighting some other people, it it was back up to 60 frames, which was weird. Um I did get this game impulse this game because um of story. Like I said, I'm uh one that would totally buy a game just for good story writing and I love Greek and roman mythology and all that um time period so i was like five dollars why not and i like badass or roman badass basically yeah i uh it it was all the story was really cool um it was all about betrayal and um it had a couple of the gods in it um they only named off one which were, was were they named uh, or were they like shown? It was more of a just um, referential thing. There was two of them that were like shown and like actually like interacting with people and like affecting the story. Oh, really? And one of them was the goddess of. Oh, well, one of them that didn't really affect the story too much was uh, jeez, the 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 goddess of uh, revenge. Uh, what's her uh, name? Is it Athena? I should know. No, it is no. So it'd be. I read. I, I read the Percy Jackson series. I should really know this. Oh uh, gosh, I don't know. What's not? I, I don't remember. But she, uh, like, yeah, it was some, and she, uh, 
the whole story was around almost around a uh, how uh, a commander in the Roman army was charging on like a, a huge horde of enemies with his other um, like the people that were like his uh, commanders that were under him, like like five of them, and then they were they all became afraid and they all like ran away when he still kept charging and he obviously died to like the 1000 or whatever people and then the goddess of revenge gave him a second chance oh well not a second chance she made him into a vengeful spirit and sent him back into the world to kill all of his cowardly commanders and the whole that's not your story but your story is wrapped around that and it's a little complicated but it's really cool um gameplay wise the the uh fighting was really um it was pretty monotone uh very like there was a lot of executions a lot of executions like you almost executed like every enemy basically and every single execution required like between one and three up to like maybe even sometimes five button hits oh no like where you'd hit like x or y or whatever on your controller every time for like it got really tiring and that's probably why it took like six hours it probably would have only taken me like two and a half hours to beat it if the fighting was just like straight up fighting that's um, un- that's unfortunate to hear it sounded like it had a lot of promise but it didn't quite reach its potential yeah i wish i hope that the it's like someone goes back on this and was like, maybe we should make another one of these, but like fix the combat. Gotta save that for Rise 2. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a Project Scorpio exclusive. <laughs> nice. So, so tell me about Factorio. Uh, which one of us? Me? Because I got us all into it. Whoever wants to talk about Factorio. We all put quite a bit of time into it. Oh gosh. We I oh I regret it a little bit, but I don't at the same time because it was fun. It was it fun. was fun, but it hurt my head. <laughs> and uh <laughs> it's hard to explain Factorio. I get it I I end up stuttering over myself every time I try to explain Factorio because you it's hard to understand when you don't really know much about like engineering and how much goes into so link things the basic premise of it is you are like stranded on an alien planet or something am i am i right Mm -hmm. with that so you start harvesting some of the natural resources there and then you use those resources to build machines and then use those machines to develop more advanced technology which eventually escalates you to being able to build a rocket and are you supposed to like yes. use that rocket to get off the planet or something? Yes, that's that's the main basically story. And when and you start off using coal um, to power things, and coal produces a lot of pollution. And when the pollution in the air gets to the alien nests, which you can see on your map, uh, the aliens will start to come and attack you, which adds on another cool aspect of the game to where you actually have to defend yourself from these mobs of aliens which almost look like i would say zergs but i'm not too much of a starcraft player they're they're, they're like little they're a, they're cockroaches. a lot like zerglings yeah 
it's a good comparison. But yeah, mm-hmm. like we spent hours trying to build machines to craft science vessels, which you can use to research more advanced sciences. And our base just turned into a huge mess of machines and conveyor belts everywhere. That was yeah. That was quite something. We didn't really optimize anything. So. <laughs> no, we didn't. Yeah, we, we didn't optimize anything. We didn't plan for anything. We really like made it a lot harder for ourselves because we just threw everything everywhere, and we're like, "Oh, look, we're producing iron. Let's just sit that here and this over here." But what you really need to do is like bring everything together so you can make things. But making building building these factories, I never thought would be so stressful to me. <laughs> You're just but, sitting there putting things together, and it became a stressful <laughs> thing. <laughs> it was it was really racking my brain. I am not even close to anywhere near an engineer, and I was like trying to think this all out in my head and it's like if, you, it, if it you're was... someone that was considering going into an engineering degree you should play factorio and you'll either change your mind or reinforce the idea that you should be an engineer yeah <laughs> it was, it was uh i know i the reason why i made us all get this i watched i think the first person i watched play it was markiplier and I was like, wow, this game looks like a lot of fun. He didn't really, I mean, he knew what he was doing, but he also didn't. Um, but it's really hard for anyone to go into the game knowing what you're doing. Um, you can put and then like I 20 I watched, hours in that game, so I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't. And I watched uh, Yogg's cast play it a little bit. And they knew more than what we knew and Markiplier knew to play it. And their stuff actually looks really cool. Like, the things people can do in this game. If they when they know what they're doing and they have like the resources and the mapping to plan it all out is crazy, crazy awesome. Just and like a real I wish, yeah, <laughs> it it reminded us so much of uh, when we played Tech it, uh, the when, mod pack. When we were serious about Minecraft back in the day. <laughs> back in the day, special modded Minecraft, not the vanilla stuff. We were hardcore no, we're Minecrafters. Cool too cool for that nowadays if you say you are a hardcore hardcore minecrafter people think you're 10 years old well i mean we weren't we weren't too old when we were doing that no but we weren't 10 years old true we're more but efficient with our minecraft playthrough than we were with our victoria we were yeah, yeah. i mean but I, I sort of jumped around not not knowing what i was doing and was just having fun making stuff out of other stuff but (laughs) i just ran around killing shit basically i that's all i wanted to do i wanted to mine and kill mobs that was fun (laughs) good stuff good stuff so uh one last game before we move on to the news and that this is another thing that was announced at e3 which was a limited time uh xbox one halo wars 2 beta so no, I actually had a chance to play that because he's the only one here that has an Xbox One. Why don't you let us know how Halo Wars 2 was in its limited state and how it compares to the first one? Yeah, so one thing before I get into it is to remind everybody it's not coming out until next February. Correct. So it's still, still in development game. And uh, I think a lot of people didn't keep that in mind when they played it. 
So yeah. there's obviously bound to be a number of people never do when it comes to betas. And... They don't they yeah. don't comprehend that beta is still an in development build. It's not done. Right. And uh I uh I enjoyed it. Um I think it truly is a sequel to the first one. Um if you guys have played the first one, the first one's more of a console based rock, paper, scissors tile style RTS where this unit counters this unit, which is countered by this unit, and it's a pretty simple triangle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, I think, is kind of branching out a little bit more into the standard RP, R, S, RTS style, where they're introducing multiple resource, uh, multiple resources into the game. Uh, you can group units into specific uh, groups, so you can start some intense macro play and they're standardizing units kind of across the board to where each one has its own specific role and it's less this unit is a hard counter to this count our unit so it's more about placement and micro macroing and microing your units so i think um when it does release it's going to be a pretty pretty good rts when it comes out basically everything Everything I've heard about this game is like reminding me so much of StarCraft 2 in its earlier days. And as someone that played yeah. StarCraft 2 a lot back when it first came out, <laughs> I'm really excited for this. And I also really like the first Halo Wars, so that's even like more frosting on the cake. Or mm-hmm. however you want to say it. So yeah, like that comes out next February, and I think the three of us are all looking forward to that. So I think when it gets closer to launch, we'll be talking about that a bit more. Um, before we move on to news, this is not necessarily game related, but I just want to make a comment that I did went and see the Warcraft movie based off Blizzard's Warcraft franchise, you know, which led to the creation of World of Warcraft, the most popular MMO in the world at one point. I don't know if it still is or not, but the movie was pretty good. Like, it's not the best writing. It's not the best story ever. But if you're into good visuals and good action sequences, I would highly recommend it. And it is nowhere near as bad as the critics say. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that I don't have a whole lot to say because I'm not really into the whole Warcraft lore, so I can't really comment how faithful they were to the characters. But they felt good to me. So moving on to some news that happened before and a little bit after E3, but not necessarily related to E3. We'll just go through this all really quickly. Uh, So the game No Man's Sky was supposed to be out now, but it got delayed till uh, like the first or second week of August. So it got about a five week delay on that. So that will be coming out a little bit later than intended. Um, Oh, yes. Uh, so the head of creative communications at Telltale Games made a Twitter post saying that the Batman, the Telltale series will be premiering this summer and the Walking Dead season three will be, will be premiering this fall. As a fan of Telltale Games, I am on board for this. I've been looking forward to the Batman game for quite a while. Should be, should be pretty good. Uh, one of those Destiny's next expansion has been announced and it is called the Rise of Iron. 
I don't really know what this has to do with Destiny. But when I saw that, I just thought it was like some sort of sci-fi twist in Game of Thrones because there's guys with giant hammers and direwolves and stuff like that. It kind of has me interested, but then I realized I had to go buy Destiny to play it. It's just melee weapon ultimate. It's just a melee weapon. It's probably just a melee weapon ultimate that you use once every few minutes. So I'm not going to get yeah. too excited about that. But for Destiny fans, you know, more content is always cool because I kind of feel bad for them sometimes. They just they're constantly playing the same thing over and over again. So the fact that they're getting something new is pretty good for them, I guess. Uh, for people that like the Japanese RPGs, Persona 5 gets a Valentine's Day 2017 release date. I myself am not really into Persona or JRPGs in general, but for those that are, good for you. You guys got a pretty promising looking thing coming your way. Uh, Then there's the PT, or Silent Hills inspired indie horror game called Allison Road has been unfortunately cancelled. This was a game that had a like a 20 minute demo thing that came out a while ago and people were all excited about it and it looked really good. It's kind of sad that these uh these first person horror games are just like dropping left and right. They're not really getting a whole lot of traction. I don't really know what's up with that. I'm sure there's reasons. Um this is an interesting one. So, for those that are not aware, the Star Wars Battlefront that came out last year, which is kind of like the unofficial Star Wars Battlefront 3, wasn't the original vision of Battlefront 3. Like, there was originally going to be a Battlefront 3, but that got cancelled when it was about 90% of the way through its development for, for various reasons. So, it kind of just got scrapped. And what happened was, these people took the leftovers from that project and then kind of reassembled it. And now they're actually going to be releasing it sometime soon, I believe onto steam Greenlight in an attempt to sell it. And the name of the project is galaxy in turmoil. So for those that were not really satisfied with battlefront, the like spiritual successor to the series is coming out soon. I think. I don't know when the release date is supposed to be. But it says here that, uh, oh, no, I was talking about Battlefront. Never mind. As far as I know, it's only going to be a Steam project for now. Uh, so the Xbox One is, after a couple of years of release, getting mouse and keyboard support. Honestly, this feels like something that should have been there from the start. But, yeah, uh, but probably because they didn't know where they wanted to go with the console. But but now they're they're doing the thing where they're unifying the, the Xbox and the PC. So it makes sense that it's there now. I thank God because if you were like someone trying to play Halo Wars Two with just a controller against someone that had the mouse and keyboard, it would be kind of a nightmare. I feel like. Mouse and keyboard is just too good for strategy games. Uh, I mentioned this earlier, but Stardew Valley is getting a Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Wii U version sometime later this year, or maybe as late as February. I don't really know how the quarters are divided up, but 
by this time next year, you'll have your hands on that. I highly recommend taking a look at that if you are into the life simulator kind of games. Um, this one's kind of sad. It's It was announced that the original plant side, the first one, is having its server shut down. I think that's already happened. It was, yeah, they were shut down on the 1st of July. There was a big event where the players got together and were celebrating the final minutes of the game by being drowned in a meteor shower. That was... <laughs> it was kind of cool to see, but then you're like, oh man, all these people are just sitting there waiting to die. It's kind of depressing. But yeah. It's okay. It's okay. They will move on. They will They will find something else to do with their lives and play like a 15-year-old game. Um... But for Battlefield players, though, this is uh, I think this is good news, but Battlefield 4, Battlefield Hardline, and I guess you could say Battlefield 1 as well, are all getting UI updates, which includes the removal of the Battlelog website, which means instead of having to launch your game from a web browser, you can now launch your game from the game. I just want to say... This makes a whole, whole lot more sense, and I'm glad that DICE has finally realized how stupid an idea it was in the first place. Yeah, that's a big release. <laughs> big I don't know how yeah. that came about in the first place and why it stuck around for so many games. Like, it was there for Bad for 3, then 4, then Hardline, and they finally said, okay, people don't like this, let's let's change it. Let's, let's do something normal. Uh, so... There was going to be a like remastered collection of the Batman Arkham games coming at the end of July. Or, yeah, I think it was the end of the July. But then Warner Brothers made a post on their official web forums stating that the project has been delayed indefinitely. So I don't know if they discovered something wrong during development or what happened, but... We may not begin those now, or we may be just going them a month later. Who knows? But the way they announced it made it seem like if there's a chance that it's never going to happen, they set it up so that that is the case. Really bizarre. And then the final bit of news we have before we dive into the big segment of the night is Bioshock The Collection has been announced for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, which is like a big old bundle that comes with a remastered version of Bioshock 1 and all the DLC, a remastered version of Bioshock 2 and its DLC, and then it comes with the original version of Bioshock Infinite with the Season Pass content. So I'm pretty happy about this. It's one of my favorite game franchises of all time. And I do believe they mentioned that if you already own a few of these titles on Steam, you will get the upgrade to this to the new versions for free. And if you're on Good. if you're on Xbox One or PlayStation Four and have never played the Bioshock series, I highly recommend picking this up when it comes out in September. Fantastic series. But with that out of the way, why don't we introduce those listening to E3, which is short for the Entertain uh, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. It's an event that takes place every June in 
California. Essentially what it is, is it's, it's the time of the year where all the publishers come together, hold press events, and basically announce everything that they're doing for the next year and a half or so. All right, so <clears throat> to start off all of E3, we had EA, they had, which, you know, depending on your feelings towards gaming. They had their event on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon sometime, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so highlights from that one. Um, probably most important for me was Titanfall 2. They had a multiplayer trailer which featured some of their new Multiplayer mechanics with uh, grappling hooks and black hole type weapons. They had a single player trailer, which was kind of a relief because I think the first Titanfall kind of fell short with just only having a multiplayer. Um, they they announced that the release date is going to be a late October. So we're looking around the 28th of October this year. Mm-hmm. And another bonus is that they said all the DLC maps will be included in the game. I'm so, so relieved to hear no that. No charge. So relieved. So I don't know uh, how you guys were feeling about it, but I felt uh, at least willing to pick it up and try it out. I'm really pumped for this game, especially the single-player portion of it. I think that has a lot of potential to be awesome. My only really real gripe with the whole thing is the fact that they decided that they're going to release it one week after Battlefield 1. Now, I mean, <laughs> there's there's differences for sure, but it still doesn't change the fact that EA is releasing two highly competitive, highly long-term first-person shooters one week from each other. I like yeah, was, sure they're different settings, yeah. but I still feel like there's some overlap there to a degree. And if people are only going to pick one or the other, I can't help but feel like people are going to pick Battlefield. I just have that feeling. Yeah, probably, but a lot of people are probably going to pick Battlefield. I hope I'm proven Maybe wrong. Battlefield one. I want this game to succeed because the first one was pretty good, but like, yeah, the single player, the lack of single player killed the first one for me. I, I too definitely want this game to be good and to be, and to succeed and to get a following, but just that marketing play where they, I mean, Battlefield one looks amazing and like that trailer, like, broke the almost broke the internet it was crazy everyone wanted this and everyone wants to see this happen and just to follow you can't follow something that bit that big with uh something that like the first game almost flopped almost and it sold well but it didn't keep a following people after a month just went back and played whatever the newest call of duty or battlefield was exactly and I mean, I know for a for sure thing, I'm picking up Battlefield 1. I, uh, Titanfall 2 is a, a maybe for me right now. All right. Um, coming into smaller titles, uh, I'd want to say Meta NFL I wouldn't 2017. Say this, I wouldn't say this is a smaller title. Well, it's a smaller <laughs> portion of... People who had uh, listened to a gaming podcast. Right about that. I mean, I was we. Uh, I think all three of us were surprised that to find out that they actually have a uh, like esport e- e- tournament oh for Madden Madden games. I was <laughs> very surprised. 
people watch people play football as a video game when they can watch people play football as a real game. But I guess that's some people that appeals to them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. You learn something new every day. Um, and let's see, moving on. One of the recurring themes kind of for this E3 is kind of like taste of games coming and you know as game development becomes more expensive and they put more resources in into their development cycle you know it's harder to push out games which is you know both good and bad over on a year year to year basis so we got a taste of mass effect andromeda um we got some information on how it's being moved over to the frostbite engine which is you know always good I'm to cool have a that. unified engine across Across the board, and uh, they did not have a release date, but you know, at least we know it's coming. I'm so excited for the new Mass Effect, but I'm just really upset that two years in a row they brought it to the stage and didn't show anything substantially new. Yeah, like, I, last year they're like, like, last year they're like, here's some promotion, here's like some concept art, and are people talking about how excited we are for the project, and then. This year, they're like, here's some more concept art and more people behind the scenes talking about how excited they are for it. I'm like, okay, can I see the game, please? Yeah, I don't even think they showed any gameplay. They showed, they? they showed like one tiny footage where it was like the new main character waking up and getting out of bed or something. I'm like, oh, cool. I don't know who that is or why I should be excited. But yeah. let's just hope that they're just taking their time and putting a lot of effort into it. So it'll be a good one. I just have a bad feeling it's um, for some reason getting put on the back burner, which I, I hope it's not true. Hopefully not. Well, I mean, they can't be spending too many resources on other other titles, so I guess we'll see. They have to put resources yeah. into the new FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, yeah. If we're Kyle. continuing here, FIFA 2017 was announced. It's also being migrated to the Frostbite engine. Um, and they kind of introduced a new take on their single player kind of create a character story mode and they titled it the journey so if you're really into kind of getting into fifa and building your own character and maybe getting a little bit more into rather just playing a game and having a name or a character named after you maybe you can get a little story behind it uh, to fill your wildest and Deepest fantasies of becoming a pro footballer. It's been my dream. I was confused. Is that that thing the what they showed during the thing was a story of that guy, and I'm pretty sure he's a professional footballer. Um, I, th I thought he was an actor impersonating an actual football player from years ago, but I I, don't, I, I could I'm, be wrong. Where I mean, and I don't know. I thought, and then I it almost seemed like that's the only like person you can play through in the journey but i thought I think, they'd have like customization I, but i'm not i sure. think he is the only person you can play as in the journey like they're still going to have the whole custom thing where you create your own team and you go through a career that way but this is like an actual story mode where there's like cut scenes of behind mm -hmm. the scenes stuff going on so like this seems okay. it seems kind of new and i'm down for it but i'm probably not gonna play it because i don't care for fifa but for those that do um it's cool I'm happy for you guys. It is definitely interesting. And I mean, I pick up a FIFA or some sport game every once in a while with my impulse buys because I 
feel like playing sports game and gotta love the sports ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta, play, gotta play sports ball. <laughs> All right, and moving on from FIFA, EA also announced they're starting an indie developer program where they'll be sponsoring a few studios to produce a couple of IPs over the next couple of years. And they were kind of uh, hinting at or telling everybody that the, all the funding is going to go straight back to the developers. So we'll see if that's uh, actually true or not. Uh, one of the games that they're frontlining this whole initiative is Fee. Fee? 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 I think it's Fee. F-E. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of like this. It's like this uh, kind of goes back to the roots of like when you're a little kid and playing these plat plat not entirely platformer but like adventure style story driven games where you're jumping around these worlds that are kind of a little bit linear focused but they have enough freedom to where you can go and explore um, and you kind of fall in love with this cute character that you just grow grow attached to throughout the story. Um, so it looked entertaining, you know. Um, I'm not huge on single player story-driven games so i may or may not pick this up when it comes out but they right. only showed a little bit bit of the actual gameplay so i don't know a whole lot about it but i can definitely get behind this idea of this new game and the whole idea of ea originals where you know they're this huge company and they're throwing some of their funds towards any developers to try to get them on their feet and get them become household names so i'm, I'm really happy for that like i know any developers tend to have a hard time getting started and this is just another option they have to try to get out there and get their get their products to people get their get eyes on their on their games right yeah i'm this uh, i'm just this guy he was uh this was the uh the, the guy that was really nervous oh, right yeah he was up there and he was like stuttering he's like eh, here's a game here I, go. Felt, I felt so bad for that guy and he was like swedish or something yeah. um the, the art style of this game was something that really caught my eye and something that I'd like, I'd probably pay attention to. And I know a lot of people, I mean, there's been a lot of games recently that have been coming out with really unique art style in the games and are making, uh, are, are becoming pretty big hits. I know. So maybe this will be one of those, um, upcoming ones. Have you guys played limbo? Yes, I have. Yeah, I love Limbo. It seems like it's going to be another game in that kind of vein. Really cool art style, platformer with maybe a heart-wrenching story to back it up. We shall see. Yeah, so I guess we'll find out. Because I think Microsoft also tried a similar program, but it died pretty quickly. I vaguely <laughs> remember that. <laughs> All right, and uh, kind of coming back to the idea of these teasing and like showing these concepts and not really mm -hmm. showing too much meat ea also had a star wars section where they kind of talked about the direction of what they wanted to do with their star wars franchise so we got a little information on some dlc coming out for battlefront 2 or yeah correct i i don't know if it's called battlefront 2 or if they're going to call it like battlefront own wars or whatever something something along those lines I, and along with battlefront 3 i believe too they showed kind of where they're going i think they hinted at bespin and cloud city and stuff like that mm -hmm. um and some new heroes to play um they also kind of showed what was it like a seven second 
maybe less than that section of a new game they're developing. I remember there was a scene where it was like a third person view and it's like a guy dressed in robes and he's like walking out of the cantina in Mos Eisley. And people were like, oh my God, did you see that? It looks so good. I'm like, yeah, I was like, like uh... I did, like, what? I didn't, I didn't even see anything. I was falling asleep because they were mostly footage about people sitting at their desks working on the projects. Yeah, they're like, oh yes, yeah, Star Wars, great passion, put a lot of effort I... into it. But then like, they don't really have anything to show for it. So I was worried they're going to yeah, come like, out and be mean... like Star Wars Connect 2. Yeah. No. So I was a little skeptical, or I wouldn't say skeptical. I was just kind of a little annoyed that they mentioned Star Wars and not really have any meat to show for it. But, uh, you know. I'm sensing, just... I'm sensing a recurrent theme with the EA conference right now. Yeah. <laughs> it it they was just, it felt I mean, lacking. they paid so much money to get the name. The sad so thing figured... is, like, this kind of backtracking a little bit, EA has to pay some money to be able to go on the stage and present. And not only did they do that to get a stage, but they paid extra money to get two stages in two different places. Yeah. At the very very beginning, they're like, we're going to send over to our friends in London. How's it going over there, guys? Woo! And then they're like, change over. And it's like a different place. And different people are like, okay, what does this do for the show? (laughs) Yeah. And and the... uh... The guy from London was the one talking about the uh, Madden game, which was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, what, what is this? The guy yeah, in London right. was talking about Madden. Why are you here? Wrong, wrong football. Come on. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. But yeah, so they they pretty much kind of hinted at some Star Wars-esque games coming out. Um, and then probably their biggest draw to their showing was Battlefield 1, of course. Um, so they revealed... A little bit more on uh, what the game's going to be like, and they also had a huge, was it sixty-four player live? They went and got like sixty-four celebrities and had them play conquest, like thirty-two versus thirty-two conquest matches after the event. So it kind of showed off what multiplayer is going to be when it releases. So it was a pretty polished version of the game, from what I saw. It didn't look like there's too many issues with it. Yeah, it seems like it it's kind of like a. It's weird. Say, though, like, I think my favorite thing that happened during the entire EA event was uh, during the celebrity multiplayer event when the camera panned over to Snoop Dogg when he was playing yeah. the game, and he's just sitting there smoking a blunt, all casual, like in the middle of the event, just, just playing Battlefield, smoking a blunt, not giving it hell, yeah. not giving it an F. I'm like, yep, that's people are that's Snoop Dogg. People were just walking around, and I mean, it is California, so it doesn't matter too much. Yeah. And he probably, he probably has, I mean, he definitely has the, his his card, so he's fine. Snoop Dogg is always prepared. So I'm curious, like, we've kind of ran through the entire EA event now, and I want to know what you guys would rate this press conference on a scale of one to ten. If you I would give it a one just for Battlefield One. <laughs> that's a, mean, that's a good idea. Well, I mean, what what what's one is ten best? Ten is best, yeah. Ten yeah. the best. Okay. Well, if they only showed Battlefield One and they didn't show anything else, and they only said Star Wars once, 
I would give them like a six. Just be, <laughs> because they there's so much stuff that just brought down the battlefield stuff, it's and like, I just I don't care about sports ball. Oh, cool! <laughs> I care about Mass Effect. Wait, you're not showing me Mass Effect. I don't care about sports ball. Oh, cool! Star Wars. Oh, you're not showing Star Wars. Okay. It was a lot of disappointment, <laughs> but Battlefield yeah. One was not, and it was uh, a lot of what people wanted and expected. But they had to sit through the rest of that. I mean, if they wanted to see all the all the EA things, which I know uh, Madden and FIFA have a big following, which is uh, which is good, and uh, I don't. I, if people didn't want to want to sit through that, they did have to. Uh, for Battlefield, they had to sit through a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, not not the greatest conference. Like a four and a half, just because Titanfall Two could be a really good game. And Battlefield 1 is hopefully going to shift the first-person shooter market a little bit. Maybe, maybe, a little I'm, maybe I'm a little cynical. Let but... down on Andromeda and Star Wars is kind of yeah, they, bumping it. they kind of just came out, and the stuff that they did show was stuff we already knew about. And then they only alluded to new stuff. They didn't actually show anything. So for that, I give them like a 3 out of 10. I'm pretty disappointed. Yeah. Moving on, I, I still I stick with my one. Fair enough. I will not judge you negatively because of that. But moving on to the next event that came out, that came after EA was the, the Bethesda press conference. Uh, I I have always been a big fan of Bethesda, so I did watch this one very intently. Um, one of the first things that we'll go through is the Quake Champions. Um. It's an interesting title. Uh, yes, I uh, unfortunately have never played a Quake game. It was rated M. I'm pretty sure its entire <laughs> back in the day. existence. Yeah, so I uh, back then, back on Nintendo 64, my mom would not let me play <laughs> an M game. <laughs> Surprisingly, when I was like, we're you know, like age not, yeah, not even like ten years old yet. Um, so. I have never played a Quake game. I know this game gets has a lot of hype, though, because Quake has a huge following. And the cast of characters for it is fr- is from past games, right? I think so. But, like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on where the whole idea of Quake is it's arena shooter. Like, everyone starts mm-hmm. off with the exact same stuff, and you have to work out, you know, you have to work together to take control of certain spots in the map so that you can get like the rocket launcher spawn under your control or you can get the sniper spawn kind of like how old halo used to work mm-hmm. but if they're doing this thing where there's like unique characters and they all have their own special unique abilities it's not really even play in the field it's like it's more like overwatch so it's a paragon it's a paragon <clears throat> so like it did seem a lot like overwatch yeah yeah so like quake players are like this isn't Quake. It's just an Overwatch clone with the Quake name on it. And uh, I think yeah. the interesting thing is, uh, like a year or two ago, there was a Bethesda published game that was going to come out, which was one of those Overwatch clones. I forget the name of it now because it just kind of blended in with the with the Battle Overwatches Born. and the Battleborns and the. What's the other one? The Paladins? 
it kind of it kind of just blended in and all that and they quietly stopped saying anything about it and then all of a sudden this other hero shooter comes out from bethesda all of a sudden and it's called a quake game like oh well you know they've been working quake this whole time or have they (laughs) the conspiracy continues it's a it'll be interesting to see where this goes i I'm not sure if, especially if it's a lot like Overwatch, if too many people pick it up. If it's not, I know when it comes to um, classic games, a lot of people do not like if you stray away from the classic part of the game. Just like how I know the the most recent Doom, which I've played, paid so much respect to the original games, which is why it's been such a big hit. And if this one doesn't, like live up to the quake name it might not do so well we'll have to see they did say though it's going to be pc only and they're targeting 120 fps playing rate so it's going to be really fast really fast even though you can't really tell if 120 fps from 60 fps that much i mean you can but you can't what is this are you a console peasant (laughs) <laughs> I no, I just I, I, never I just play it 60 FPS because I don't I guess I don't care. It's kind of the, the standard benchmark for now. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, next, another thing that they um really they put a lot into it was uh this uh trailer and this presentation was the Elder Scrolls Legends, and it's an it's an expansion for uh the MMO uh, Elder Scrolls game, and it's a it. It seems like it's a pretty big one, and um, isn't this the trailer the, for? Isn't this the card game? Is that what you said? Uh, is that the? It's the card game. Did I get this one's the card game? But didn't the? Honestly, I can't blame you for mixing them up because they're both <laughs> they're both these weird Elder Scrolls spinoffs that are not Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, hmm. I thought this one. I could have sworn they announced a a big DLC for the newest uh, for the MMO, but I think, I think they did later in the show. Oh, okay, okay. Well, the card game, <laughs> which <laughs> I guess that game. is Elder Scrolls Legend, the card game. Um, if anyone has ever, if any of you have ever played Hearthstone, it looks and plays almost a lot like Hearthstone, and it deals with like a lot a lot of characters or yeah all the basically most of the characters from the elder scrolls games and i'm not sure exactly when it'll be out but it's exactly that it's an elder scrolls card game which <laughs> the thing no one asked for but we're getting yeah but then people were a little bit upset cuz it does look and play a lot like hearthstone you uh you start out with however many like five or six cards and you gain one mana crystal every round until you hit to ten. So <laughs> the only unique thing I really saw about this was the fact that the the playing board is split into two lanes. And mm-hmm. so the way it works is you can choose which side of the board to put your creatures on. But then once you put them on that side, they can only attack other minions on that side of the board or directed to the enemy face. So there's this interesting dynamic where you could just focus all your defenses on one side for whatever reason and then have 
the other side be empty or I don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure what kind of strategy this is going to invoke, but it's it's a little thing that helps it stand out from Hearthstone, but I don't know if that's going to be enough. Yeah, I uh, I obviously didn't pay too much attention to it if I got it mixed up, but I uh, if it's uh, if it's not too expensive, I would consider picking it up because I did like Hearthstone and I it might be free. I'm not sure. Hopefully. Uh, moving on, uh, probably, probably their biggest thing. I would say it's their biggest thing, just because there wasn't too much else. Um, was the uh, the Fallout for like uh, another trailer for uh, announcing it with uh, Todd Howard in it? Um, he was pretty excited to show three new. Yeah, three new DLCs that are all included in the season pass still. Um, w- the first one being the Contractions Workshop, and that is uh, that's another, just a bunch of another small size DLC, but it's going to have more things that you can craft and put into your houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's another one. It's just another crafting and um, a lot of uh, I know a lot of people were. Not too upset because the other the other crafting ones were pretty cheap at like five dollars for the DLC, other DLCs, and I'm pretty sure this one probably won't be too expensive too, because it doesn't have too much in it. Um, the next one is the Vault Tech Build Your Own Vault DLC, which I am looking forward to. It looks really cool, and that was one of the one of the one of the first things I ever said about the new uh, crafting and system in fallout when i first saw that it had one i was like man i hope we can actually create our own vault and the fact that they actually did that and they listen they pro i'm I'm guessing they listened to fans because i bet this was really demanded maybe they had this in mind before um people yelled at them to do this um but this is going to be awesome i've always wanted to do this and it and it's going to look it's going to look a little bit like the app that they have but it's, I feel like uh, in the game, it's going to be pretty awesome. I hope we have the freedom to be whatever kind of overseer we really want to be. Yeah, I'm... it said in the trailer you can do you can run experiments and um, you can give all the people in there uh, you like your very own um, Vault-Tec suits and it would be, it's, it'd be interesting to see like how creative you can actually be with this. I want to know. Um, I want to know how many people make Vault sixty nine. <laughs> well, a lot of people. It's gonna happen. Vault sixty nine, Vault six six six, and <laughs> all about that. Uh, I'm original. It, Vault one hundred one. I'm original. Why not just Vault zero 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 and be the super top secret one? <laughs> not even um, Vault Tech knows about this one. <laughs> the last. Uh, DLC is Nuka World, which looks amazing. If I'm pretty sure teasers have come out about this before, so some people were expecting this, but uh, I personally was very surprised and am super looking forward to this because it looks like a lot of fun, and it looks like they put a lot of work into this uh, whole theme park around Nuka uh, Cola. 
like which, a post-apocalyptic Coca-Cola theme park. Yeah, which is awesome, and it's the fact that um, uh, you can probably, I'm not 100% sure, but it looks like uh, some of the rides were operational, and it'd be pretty fun to see if you can actually ride in them or do something, and be maybe you can even like customize part of it. I don't know. It'd be pretty cool if any of that would happen. But I'm excited anyway, even if none of that happens. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure on the release dates of the first two uh, DLCs. I'm pretty sure soon. I think, I think the first one's already out, and the second one is mid-July, I think. Okay. And Nuka World is supposed to come out in August. Um, I don't have a specific date. Um, and then that'll, I'm pretty sure that'll wrap up all the DLC for Fallout 4 after that. I believe so, yes. Uh, and we can get unless... 6. <laughs> we hope. Uh, they also announced that the Fallout Shelter app is coming to PC, which Bethesda is really putting a lot of work into this. I'm surprised that they are paying so much attention to it. I'm guessing they are getting a lot of, um, following on uh, mobile phones if uh it's more like they're making a lot of uh, money off of it <laughs> i i wanted to be nice so i didn't say that uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so i uh i i was just a little surprised i played the game myself and it's a it's just one of those time consuming games on your phone that uh you'll just like sit down for a second and accidentally play for a couple hours and they are they are putting a lot of uh, work into this, and I, they're coming out with a couple like I guess you could call it DLC, but it's free and it's basically just more of an update, I guess, for the games. They are adding a lot of cool new features. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that Todd Howard had to say, which was pretty cool for him to be in the trailer, because I saw him in the original trailer for Skyrim was uh, the Skyrim remastered version. Um, and it they just basically updated all the textures and things um, and fixed a lot of uh, the, uh, I don't know, like uh, graphical, the graphics, basically, of the game. Made it look at, make it everything look pretty, basically. Even the water. The water looks a lot better. And, and the remastered version... Um, is going to be free for anyone who has uh who has it on PC uh already downloaded like on Steam or whatever like including with all the DLC and all that and uh and they are announcing that Skyrim is going to get uh mods for console players uh when this comes out also That's awesome to hear. Skyrim with mods yeah. is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I know there's already a ton of mods that make it look pretty, look a lot better anyway, but maybe they can do even even more things with when this comes out. As much as I like Skyrim, um, I think I would have preferred to have seen a remaster of Elder Scrolls 4, because that game really could use a little touch-up in certain places, especially with the combat and the uh, certain areas of the game where you go into hell and... They don't work properly sometimes. You know what You're I'm saying? You're stuck forever. Yeah, if, you, I, if yeah. they could like 
fix those parts of the game and then remaster it to make it look like Skyrim, I'd be totally on board for that. I bet a lot of people would love that. I know a lot of people loved Oblivion. Um, I personally sort of rushed through it because I knew how much hell it would be to go through <laughs> all the Oblivion gates and to basically get stuck on some because you can't get through them. There's like almost no end or it's really hard to find the, your way through. But that's the place. Moving on, the next game. Well, another game that they announced or uh, at least showed the trailer for was Prey. Um, a not not a new title, but it's a it's reboot a reboot of an older series that kind of didn't get a whole lot of love. Yeah, yeah. And they showed the trailer, and it looks it it looks it looks really cool, honestly. Um, it's like uh, everyone keeps saying it's like Groundhog Day, and uh, Groundhog Day mixed showed... with sci-fi stuff. Yeah, and the guy keeps waking up same day, uh, and only a little like his. Basically, he he just looks like he's getting like worse and worse, or sicker and sicker, and he uh, eventually it gets to where like uh, there are like alien type things or some sort of black goo that is attacking you, and this game almost looks like a action horror game, which uh, would be pretty interesting with the the take on it that they have. I'm gonna keep an eye on this game. I played the the original one back in like 2006, I think it was. For I think finished up, I got part way through, and it had a really cool concept. And the execution wasn't too bad. It's just one of those games that kind of gets lost with everything else going on around it. Mm-hmm. It's promising. It's promising. Um. Next up is Doom, which they were just talking about. Uh, they. They were showing a DLC that came out for it, that is coming out for it, um, including multiplayer maps and uh, I think it was all it was all multiplayer maps. I think was there any single player? I thought there was, but I guess I might have been confused. They basically came out and said that all the DLC that's going to be coming out for the game is multiplayer focused, which is a damn shame in my opinion. It is. The single player is amazing, and the multiplayer was a bit lacking, in my opinion. So to hear that is a little bit disappointing. But they also uh, announced that the Snap Map uh, has free updates, and if anyone wants to know what that is, it's um, basically like a a map creator for Doom, and anyone can go in it and make their own maps, and then you can uh, play them in uh, in the game. Uh, through the snap map thing. I want to say or... you're able to make custom games with the custom maps, so it's kind of like Halo's Forge in a way. Mm-hmm. But don't quote me on that; maybe wrong. <laughs> I think it's a. I think it's a little bit like that. I'm not sure if it's if you can like put in like enemies or not, um, which would make it a little bit different than Forge. But if you can't, it would be a lot like it. A lot like um, just like a multiplayer forge, like Halo has had for a while. Um, 
the next thing on the list is what I thought I was reading earlier uh, <laughs> was the Elder Scrolls Online, which is the DLC, um, and it is the Dark Brotherhood DLC. I have never played the Elder Scrolls Online. I um, I've wanted to, and I think that might be something all three of us might get into eventually if we all save up money or it goes on sale or something like that. We could possibly do that. I think it's one of those MMOs where you buy it once and then you get to play it forever. Like Black Desert Online or Guild Wars 2. Something like that. I I would definitely say it's a possibility that the three of us could do that. Um, I... Oh, and the... um, Is that Tamriel update? Yeah, the one Tamriel update was kind of... The basic gist of it was that they're updating the game to be in a way where such that the entire world around you now scales to your level instead of it being you having to level up to get to certain places. So, like, the Uh, idea is that you can start the game and then you can go to any part of the game you want right off the bat because if you go there as a level one, everything's going to be, like, level one. Mm Mm-hmm. That that makes a lot more sense. I was confused at that when they were talking about it during the the whole show. So I guess that does make a lot more sense, and I like that they have that instead of you running into giant um, mobs or really, really high-level mobs and just dying instantly. (laughs) Um, Next up is the Bethesda uh, announced some of their VR uh, that they are doing, and they have VR for Doom, and I'm not... Is that for the full game? I am not... I I think Doom is going to just be like a VR experience where it's one or two levels, and then they announce all four is going to be in VR, and I think that's going to be the full game. I think. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Um, which that'll be really cool. Well, when we when I eventually get VR, I feel like that is probably going to be one of the first games I try because Fallout is awesome, and Fallout, like realistically playing Fallout, will be really cool. Another thing that they had was I'm pretty sure it was during this conference was the um the Star Trek uh, VR, right? That was Ubisoft, I think. Was it Ubisoft? Darn it. I get... There's too oh, much yeah. VR this year. <laughs> there's, way, there's so much VR, I'm so confused. We'll get to that later, then. <laughs> anyway. Uh, one, like, a really big thing that they touched, that they uh, displayed was Dishonored 2. And they showed a lot of in-engine footage and they they also showed a, a gameplay demo with all the new abilities that um that looked amazing. This game does look amazing. I was not too much into dis- the first Dishonored, but this one definitely blew my mind a little bit when it came to uh, the things that they could do with this almost like stealthy assassin type of game. There was a new trailer for it that they showed at the conference and they also announced what you can get in the collector's edition. The best thing in that being like a mask, the assassin mask. Yeah. (laughs) I, I would totally get that if I cared more 
and had more money. Like, <laughs> Mostly the second. Here's one. the weird thing about Dishonored. Like the game, Dishonored is a pretty decent series. Like it's they're solid. They're, there's nothing wrong with it really. But I feel like they were trying to make a bigger deal out of Dishonored Two than it actually is. So it kind of felt yeah. weird to me when they were like, "This is our headlining title for the year." Here's like four trailers of the game in a row. It's like okay. 20 minutes of this game. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. I, I feel like you've spoiled a lot of it already. Let's let's go. Let's, let's finish this up. Yeah, it was really pushed on us. Um, and not really something I expected from Bethesda. I thought them to push one of their major titles instead of one of their newer and uh, more growing titles. But it was good nonetheless. A little bit, a little bit much for everyone to take in all at once, but I liked it. Yep. So, on a scale of one to ten, what would you rate the Bethesda conference? Um, I mean, they had they had Fallout. They had Fallout, but again. yeah. But other than that, it was a little bit a little bit lacking. I think the uh, the Doom and the VR and the uh, the elders, a lot of Elder Scrolls Online and Elder Scrolls Legends stuff, sort of, uh, sort of made me a little bit bored. So I would give it like, uh, probably like a six and a half. I'll give it a six and a half, just because I love Fallout so much. Right on. I was leaning towards about a six myself. It was slightly above average, but nothing that was really special. Mm-hmm. You, do you have an opinion on it, Noah? I'd say I'd give it about uh, five and a half. Um, I played Fallout 4. Um, I own it, obviously, but I didn't pick up any of the DLC, and I enjoyed obviously, the original single. Um Dishonored, I didn't get around to playing the first one, unfortunately, but I think it would probably be worth to pick it up. All right, I think we're all kind Other of in agreement that, with this. Should we, much should we move on to Microsoft? Yeah. Uh, so it, this is probably definitely. one of the biggest events of the entire week. Yeah, they had, had a lot of information, but it kind of wasn't all put out in the actual presentation. A lot of it came out after, too, I just um, say where before, they kind of went in more depth. I just want to say before we get into it, I felt weird that the very first thing they did, I'm going to spoil it partially, but the very first thing they did... <laughs> was announced this brand new Xbox One Slim and how it's better than the Xbox One and how everyone should be looking forward to upgrading their Xbox Ones to this. And then they spent the entire rest of the show saying, you don't need an Xbox One. You can play all this on PC. I'm like, okay. So about that Xbox One you announced. But enough of that. I think it's kind of like the division of... Uh, people who can't afford to get into PC gaming. So, like, you just think of uh, Xbox as, like, an intro to PC gaming, and then when you're ready to make the jump to investing in a gaming PC, there shouldn't be any hesitation, because all your games will carry over. I suppose that's a good way of looking at it. Because, like, $300, I mean, that's pretty cheap to get into PC gaming if all your stuff carries over. True. That's one piece of my computer. It's like, yeah. that's like the CPU and that's it. Uh, I think they're they're looking towards more the 
earlier or the younger kids be like, hey, you're obviously not going to go out and buy a $1,500 computer to play mm-hmm. games. That, and That explains the Minecraft portion. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll get them started on an Xbox and be like, oh, hey, all these games are good, but they're better on PC. So right on. all your games will transfer with no problem. So. But yeah, so along with the Xbox One, a few of the bullet points for that is it supports 4K video, so not gaming. So it's all Blu-rays, TV. I know Netflix supports it eventually. support eventually. Wait, it has a Uh, Blu-ray player in it? No, it does it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I thought that was all Sony. It is a Sony. The Xbox out right now has a Blu-ray player in it. So the funny thing is for every Xbox sold, Microsoft owes a small portion to Sony for the Blu-ray player. That's, they were going to deal with awesome. that one. That. <laughs> Sony wins in the end. So then we also touched that, you know, how Xbox is kind of an intro to gaming on the PC. So they announced the playing Play Anywhere initiative where all the, I guess, Xbox slash Windows 10 exclusives will be cross-play um, compatible between Xbox and computer. So if you have friends that are exclusively Xbox or exclusively PC, if you can find a game that you all like, you can tear down in your system and play together. I think that and was single-handedly the best the next... piece of news announced at the entire show. And <laughs> then so that's kind of the new Xboxy features so far so the next things i'm going to list are all games that they announced and all the games i think minus um some of the third-party developer ones will be available for the crossplay and play anywhere initiative mm-hmm. so the first one that is going to be is gears of war 4 where at e3 on their boot or at their demonstration they showed a little bit of gameplay um and one of the most notable things was a they had this pretty wicked Sawblade turret gun thing. That weapon where you awesome. use physics and math and stuff to cut people up. Geometry. <laughs> and the other big thing was in the cinematics of the gameplay, there was a old Marcus Phoenix in it. So if you're a big fan of the old uh, storyline, he is returning. Confirm some fan it's rumors. Something to look forward to if you're a fan of it. Um, and along. Along with that, they came out with a release date for October of this year. So you don't have to wait too much longer. I think and I believe is... this will be the first Gears of War that will be playable on a PC. Technically, Gears of War 1 had a PC version, but it was, I think it was Vista well. only. So we don't talk so, about yeah. that. So this is the first <laughs> Gears of War that will be uh, playable on PC. So I agree <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Basically, uh, the next one is Killer Instinct, which is kind of like their Mortal Kombat faced around. It's like Mortal Kombat with Microsoft Xbox characters. universe where they bring in characters from all their games and you can fight against each other with them. So they announced right after the Gears of War 4 demo that General Rom will be a playable character. So if those diehards needed a reason to get into For Killer those that Instinct, remember who General Rom was from Gears of War 1. Right. If you follow that series for that long. Um, Also, making history, Forza Horizon 3. 
I believe will be other than the Apex beta will be the first Forza playable on computer. It's gonna be set in Australia, which is kind of cool. Visuals just look so like a, good, so good. Yeah, Australia kind of has this weird like relationship with the internet of being this just gonna die crazy <laughs> land. So just run them over the crocodiles. Just run over the crocodiles of your sports car. Okay. <laughs> Uh, they announced a co-op campaign, which I don't believe they'd done before. I know they had multiplayer aspects of Forza Horizon 2 and some of the other Forza titles where you could play minigame, race each other online. But now it's kind of this open world drive around this map and experience it together kind of thing where it's drop-in, drop-out play. So that would be kind of cool. Nice. Um, and that's coming September, which is kind of on par with all the other Forza games. They kind of out early. Good time to release, I think. Avoid overlay. Yeah, It'll so be nice. That's going to be a good um, one for too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so those, all three of those are on the Play Anywhere list and ReCore, which is another Play Anywhere and also a new IP for Xbox, is, um, I believe, set to come out either August or September of this year. Um, I, and I don't it's kind of a new idea because I think it was. It's uh, I think Kotaku had it listed for a September release. You're probably um, right with that. And they showed the gameplay trailer, and if you didn't remember it from I think last year's E3, it kind of focuses around these characters that had these these spheres and cores that were transferable. It's like kind of robotic characters and the small antagonist who's a small girl who most likely would be you in the game is in this kind of post-apocalyptic kind of setting where she's kind of venturing through with this companion uh, who if like a robot uh, dog with you yeah so they kind of focus or introduced you to all the different types of robots you'll encounter companions i guess and they set a price tag of 40 dollars, which is kind of nice so it's not I think not too being, I think so. introducing a brand new series to someone at a forty dollar price tag is a good way to go. More right. people are willing to pay that than sixty dollars. Um, and that I don't know about that one. That's kind of might be good, might not be. I hear I from people seen, but... in the press that have played it that it is good and kind of unique, but there's definitely potential for repetitiveness to set in. Yeah. Um. Final Fantasy 15 kind of had a weird demo. It was. Uh, I, I don't know. The way I, wouldn't be the way I showcased it. I don't know course, if they were having but... technical issues or not, but the guy playing it just kept messing up and dying. I don't think he was supposed to. So I, I don't know. I mean, which is kind of good. So it's not like they were on a. You know, they're actually playing their demo. I <laughs> guess <laughs> uh, that's good. Not That's just playing thing. like a the fancy. So here's this epic boss. And uh, oh, yeah, oh, uh, get back up. Oh, up. Yeah, it's a little frustrating to watch. But that would have been, it would have been hilarious if um that had happened with the Dark Souls game. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> no, and the people would be like, see, this is a very accurate demo. Exactly, you yeah. died so who knows? a lot. Uh, I'm not a big Final Fantasy guy, so. I don't know how well that's going to turn out. Um, some of you might be diehards out there. 
most of the things I've been hearing and saying kind of leaning towards the iffy iffy kind of part of the scale as Final far Fantasy as how it's going to turn out. have just learned to be skeptical of everything. Yeah, so <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. So. Uh, they also showcase some Division expansion gameplay. Uh, I believe they called it Underground. And they announced it for June 28th, and it kind of taking everything to a dungeon crawlery kind of <laughs> section of the game where before you're outside and running, just running in buildings, but I believe now you're moving towards tunnels and subway systems of. of uh, now this game is going mm-hmm. full Destiny. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> see if that can save the game or not. Who knows? Probably not. You know, it's whatever. Uh, Battlefield 1 also got a little playtime there. They did the EA trailer um, that was done the previous day, so not too... <laughs> it was the same trailer. Too... Um, but they did announce that if you are a member of Origin Access, you get to play it one week earlier. So go So I think that means more money. if you're an Origin Access member, you can play it on October 14th, I think. That's when it'll come up for you. Everyone else is yeah. the 21st of October. If you're a fan of spending money to play things earlier. More money. Um, <clears throat> some here, some core features for, or I guess summer updates for Xbox Live were announced that they are going to introduce a background music system, which is kind of nice. Um, kind of surprised that they didn't have it in there so already. You don't have to like, set up your computer or your phone to play it. So it's like synchronized. I, I, rem- or... I remember that being on the original Xbox 360. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they'll introduce Spotify or any other systems, but I feel like they'll probably just stick with the groove and stuff they have already on it. Um, they announced Cortana will be coming. So who knows how that's going to work? Because I know later we'll I'll talk about how... Uh, Connect and the port for Connect in the future hasn't been really elaborated on, so I don't know how they'll integrate that either through a microphone on your headset. Just want to mention that Xbox was uh, during the press conference, the word Connect was never said once. Yeah, so I don't know if they're dropping that, building it into just a default for Xboxes, or who knows. Um, cause it didn't really get utilized. I mean, it was nice. It was like a luxury kind of thing where it just recognize you and Hey, don't have to log in. Right. You can tell it to do stuff, stuff like that. But I don't know, maybe Cortana will save it or at least separate it from the actual camera part of the connect and they'll make like a microphone inside the system. We'll see. It'd be a shame if they just kind of let that tech fall to the wayside. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I imagine it moved mostly to HoloLens development, but I'd be okay with that. Uh, they said they're going to be supporting more languages, so that'll be nice for all you international people, because I know you kind of get the short end of the stick as far as Xbox features go. Um, so you'll be able to look at more apps you won't be able to use in your own language. So mm-hmm. uh, Clubs, which is kind of a weird subject for Xbox, so it's kind of like a 
I don't want to say social media, but it's the best way I can describe it is to connect people. I think this will be good for promoting Formally the in, idea in of, of like guilds and clans for multiple like games. a way of connecting people with like a uniform structure so they don't have to go to this forum to set up something or that forum to set up that one and blah 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 blah. It's a cool idea. <laughs> so looking like that. So um along with that there are groups uh, kind of a subsection of clubs where you can Set up a profile and set up specific characteristics of what kind of people you're looking for. So if you have a dungeon crawler RPG and you're looking for a certain level and play style of characters, you need like a healer or a DPS character and you need someone, you can just put out a little ad on groups and it'll hook you up with some playmates and you can go tackle that dungeon you've been trying to beat for a week by yourself. Basically, we'll see how that goes. They're telling you to be more social. If that if that carries over to PC at all, and if they unify like the experience between Xbox and PC or not. We'll see. I, I kind of hope they just port all the Xbox Live features to PC. To yeah, so piece. that'd be interesting. Maybe we'll get a a part. I, I think you can use parties on PC right now, so maybe they'll make a nice voice chat system. Not more options is always good. Yeah. And they also announced a competitive uh, system coming to Xbox Live called Arena, where set up tournaments through a official or structured system so they can host their own tournaments, have officially hosted tournaments by companies or games, kind of freeing up people from having to post on Again, Reddit pages or forums, so they're kind of building a structure into their social aspect this summer. I'm not sure which games are going to end up being supported by that. The only two I can think of right now are FIFA and Madden. I'm sure there's yeah, going to be more. Yeah, so I imagine future. it's going to be something that doesn't already have a big, big uh, kind of like underground tournament system. Right. Like, it'd be perfect for Killer Instinct or maybe even Halo in the future. Um, so that wraps up the features, kind of, uh, for Xbox. There might be one or two we might touch here. Um, but we'll, we can move on to Minecraft, which is a big friendly update, which is what they branded it, um, which <laughs> introduces dedicated servers, um, Realms, which is kind of their pay-to-play pay server system. Uh, Cross-play between all all platforms for, or I believe the Windows Edition or Pocket Edition, or they're buying them all. There's so play many with your friends of on an iPad or a, <laughs> or a phone. Isn't there At like least an, on one place? Which is I wouldn't be surprised if there's like an Apple TV version soon. Yeah, which is which is kind of nice because before Microsoft picked up Minecraft, it was kind of structureless. Like you were just waiting for a community to pick it up and give you tools to play with. So it's kind of good and bad that Microsoft's building structure because Minecraft was kind of like the symbol of, you know, make it what you want. So at least we're getting some structure, so it'll grow. But we're also going to lose some freedoms when it when it does grow because mm -hmm. it will probably be. I do want to say, though, that the, the new Windows 10 version seems very promising. Mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah, I mean, anything that you don't have to run through the virtual <laughs> machine is going to run much smoother. Oh, God, Java so. sucks. Uh, they also announced Oculus VR support, so trying to release Oculus support for Xbox. We're hoping that it will also be released. I died a little bit when so, that happened. Not because of the VR support, but because when they were making the announcement, they had the John Carmack, the famous developer of Wolfenstein and Doom, come on stage, and he was like, oh, excited to be playing Minecraft. And I'm like... This is one of the legends of the industry, and he's so he's sitting up here excited to be playing Minecraft. What has happened? A little, <laughs> little upset right now. That that's my show. Oh, yeah, <laughs> VR VR support will be there eventually. Uh, kind of the bad end of what I was saying when building in structures. Texture packs are available for the Pocket Edition and Windows Ten. I believe they're paid. Mm. So I don't know if you'll be able to add your own. And and have paid ones. I don't know if that's going to be a thing or not. There are mods and add-on supports, so obviously they won't have official texture packs for mods or add-ons through the the uh, the paid texture packs. So maybe you can add texture packs to the store, and then you can buy them, or you'll be able to add your own. Because I know you can do your own skins or your character for free. I tested it out the other day just to make sure they weren't going to completely shut out the the skin section. But right, that that at least has some some good sides to it. Um, but that wraps up Minecraft, and then Xbox um, announced their design labs for their Xbox One controllers, where you can go design uh, pretty much most of the external colors and surfaces on the Xbox One controller for about eighty dollars. Uh, you can go ahead and do that now if you want to. Um, just go head over to xbox.com. You can even get custom engravings. Yeah, you can even get your name or I whatever think, you want. I think I might go around and do Body that. them fools it, or something. The custom, the custom ones look really good. They so do, um, and it's their new one. It works with PC. I think it has the texture texture backs True. on it. My and Xbox it has a 3.5 millimeter. Wearing out. Because I, I use one for a few of the games on my computer, but I also have an Xbox One, so I might pick one up eventually. But I heard they're on back order, so it might be a while. Yeah, I don't think any of them are even shipping until September. Yeah. It's quite a bit of a wait. So, your eyes open for that. Uh, Let's see. Uh, The creators of Limbo announced a new game called Inside. Uh, It's going to be available June 29th, which is available now. So... I'm hearing good things available about it. now. So if you are a fan of Limbo and kind of want to expand your love for those guys, you can go pick up their game Inside. Along with Inside, they had a it kind of expanded on their indie game showcase where they showcased Hand of Fate 2, Cuphead, and Outlast 2. I know Cuphead looked really good last year at E3, but I don't know if it's I out love, yet. I love the art style of that game. Yeah, that art style is really, literally, really literally just take like the old black and white Disney cartoons, like the original Mickey Mouse stuff, and turn that into a video mm-hmm. game. Looks fantastic. Yeah, it looked pretty good. Um, a new IP that they kind of showcased was We Happy Few, which looks mm. fairly interesting. Uh, they showed a gameplay demo. It's kind of like this weird uh, Orwellian kind of 
uh, Orwellian dystopian kind of. For those that have played Bioshock Infinite, it's very reminiscent of like the first hour or two of that, where you're just walking around the city, witnessing all the weird stuff going on. But uh, what I picked up from the demo, like the really interesting thing about this game is the way it's structured. Is it's a technically it's a roguelike, which means every time you start the game, you only have one life. And if you die, you get sent back to the beginning of the game and it like regenerates the world. So there's a different layout every time you play through the game. Hmm. I don't know if the story changes much based on what you do, but the fact that the, the, the world around you kind of changes every time you go through the game is really interesting. I don't know if they announced the platforms for it. Is it exclusive or? It's Xbox One and PC, I believe. Oh, yeah. Cross-play supported is what I imagine it's only going to be. Yeah. Uh, Gwent the card game, which uh, I think everybody kind of assumed was coming at some point because of the popularity um, is coming. Uh, they said September of 2016 it will be here, and it uh, will have cross-play between PC and consoles. They have a single-player com- campaign, and it will hopefully be making some some big balance changes from from how it is in The Witcher. They said that... It'd be really hard to have a multiplayer with the way it was in The Witcher, so they're going to have to do some changes. Yeah, I see how that I heard how one that of the big things they're doing is they're like completely reworking how spies work. So instead of yeah. spies just being clearly an advantageous thing to do, it has a drawback now, and they all, they all have different effects, so that's good. And I heard that I don't know how true this is, but I heard that the single player campaign is actually going to be a very meaty kind of thing. It's going to be like 10 to 12 hours long. I'm oh, like, wow. I'm like, of course, CG Project Red would do that with a card game single player. It's The Witcher. What do you expect? Why must you be so good? <laughs> and let's see. Tekken 7 was also. Uh, debuted with a gameplay trailer. They said early 2017. So all you fans of fighting games and Tekken specifically, another title coming your way. Mm-hmm. Personally, not a big fan, but you know. Back to the classic flavor. Whatever floats your boat. Dead Rising 4 was also announced, and it's going to be sporting the original character from Dead Rising 1. It's coming holiday of this. You're a Sorry. big fan of the Dead Rising series and one story. Gotta love killing zombies. From the first one, I would assume. I think it still takes place in I that love... mall from the first one, too. I liked the Dead Rising series, but the first guy seemed a little bit like, I don't know, an idiot to be <laughs> a main character. But we'll see. Uh, Wasn't he just like Michael from changed... Guns of Auto 5? Um, a little bit. I mean, he was a, just a photographer that for some reason was going to the mall. I don't know, the story wasn't too great for Dead Rising 1. So, it was, uh, I mean, yeah, he was like, he had a lot of sass to him and a lot of dickishness. Um, so he was like Michael from Grand Theft Auto. But he, uh, I mean, he looked like him. It was just, I don't know, I didn't like the character for some reason. Right. 
Right, and then Scalebound, which was showed last year at E3 originally. We got a little gameplay last year, but now they show a little bit more with a boss fight that they showcase. It's going to be supporting four-player co-op. It's going to be available in 2017. Um, for this one, I'm really just going to have to wait let it come out before I look into it. I wasn't too because... impressed by the demo, honestly. Yeah. I don't know if it's still an early version or what. But God, just that, not that main character so freaking annoying to listen to. Yeah, so I don't know if they'll be able you'll be able to create your own character if you're stuck with that one because I feel like with co-op you wouldn't all want to be running around as the same character. Oh my god! So. Or those guys are around saying their stupid catchphrases. The other thing I, I did notice is in the first time they showed it, everybody had different kind of beasts that they were with. So I thought maybe you could like be different and come out with your own monster that you picked or something like that. But this one they all had the same one. Oh, that's a bummer. I don't know if they ditched that. Hopefully it's just this one time. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> In uh, more interesting news, I should... Uh, we got a look at Sea of Thieves, which had a cinematic trailer and a gameplay demo. All first-time players, so it was kind of, you know, not the best way to showcase it, but at least we got an idea of what it will be like playing it for the first time. Uh, they showed off first-person mode, ship-to-ship battles, and they uh, made sure that you knew it was still going to be supporting more than two teams or two ships, that it could be supporting up to a few ships and kind of be MMO-esque kind of style of gameplay. That one looked interesting. Um, I'll probably pick it up around launch. Uh, we're, we're, we're all playing smoothly this. the launch. I'm making, I'm making you guys play this with me. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if they have a release date for it um, if they announced one or not uh, it's escaping me at this time I think it's just very vague 2017 yeah I figured um, moving on State of Decay 2 if you're a fan um, they might be teasing a potential co-op mode who knows um, I wish they just came out and said if there was or not because I've always been under the impression that the original State of Decay would have been an amazing game of co-op, but because it was just a single-player yeah. game, it just ended up being okay. Kind of repetitive. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was pretty repetitive. I like the, I like the first one, and if they do have co-op, it'll probably boost their sales a lot. I'd probably get it. Uh, and it says coming in twenty seventeen, so that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, last game. Um, <clears throat> we're going to talk about from the Microsoft is Halo Wars 2, which I was super excited about. I think all of us are. For sure. Uh, we put many hours into it on the 360. Um, and it's kind of been a a dream come true for us it's that happening. they put time into making a second one. I was so yeah. worried they would never actually make a second one. And it's <laughs> Yeah, I did. Because they're like, oh, because it died off pretty hard in popularity. And, uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be the next RTS that everybody plays. Um, but in their in their debut, they showed off the new fi- the new faction called the Banished, led by a brute who I think is Atreos. I think that was his who name. Is, uh, who hasn't been? They haven't shown too much uh, back on the story of whether or not he's a a rogue brute leader who took on like kind of his own thing that the Arbiter did and. Leading this faction of brutes. 
some. They also announced the beta, which is closed. It's coming gone. Gameplay preview. Uh, I believe the PC will be getting a beta in between now and launch. So in between now and February of 2017. That's good to hear. Players will get a taste of it. And kind of the bombshell of uh, the thing we all saw Microsoft's, coming. Microsoft's uh, press conference, which is, I believe, what they ended on was this little video uh, done. It was all about Project Scorpio, which is their their new new Xbox coming. 2017 roughly holiday where it's going to be featuring 4k gaming not just 4k video at 60 hertz hmm. uh, with an eight core cpu and it will support all previous xbox one games so which is kind of nice because very down the very curious how this is going to work out because if they're targeting yeah, 4k so... gaming at 60 fps how are they going to do that and make it affordable? Because to have a computer I, right now that can run 4K at 60 FPS is like a $3,000 thing. Yeah. So what I, I see is since they announced the slim cross-compatibility and play anywhere, this is going to be kind of like the high end. So it's like, oh, you got your entry level. I kind of like this. I'm going to move up to keyboard and mouse. And I'm going to invest in this new Xbox and call myself a computer or PC gamer asterisk. <laughs> depending Quota on how the development marks. goes for OS. And if they do any compatibility with Steam or anything in the future. Um, but I feel like it, it's kind of their alternative of coming out with a xbox windows version or like a windows os that's dedicated to gaming so instead of doing that they just build dedicated hardware that can compete with thousand dollar gaming computers well to see they were still pretty vague about most of the features so who knows like by by next year it could be a modular windows console who knows could be we don't know Say, I think they said what six teraflops or nine teraflops? I can't uh, six teraflops, yeah. Like the amount of operations, I mean, millions of operations. To be honest, YouTube. teraflops don't really mean a whole lot, it's all about how you um, how you use them, like how you uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like how you optimize for it, right? So maybe if it's dedicated hardware. It might not be at the level that the $3,000 PCs are, but since they're all separate parts from separate manufacturers, maybe since maybe. they have dedicated hardware, they can achieve 4K gaming at 60 hertz. just want to throw it out there. like The newer GPUs coming out now are already exceeding 6 teraflops. They're already at like 8 and 9. So, right. so maybe curious, we'll see a really curious how this works out. $100 Xbox S. I mean, I would have been okay if they came out and said 1080p 60 FPS. I've been like, yep, it's a good console. I'm okay with this. It meets standards. But the fact that they're targeting 6K or 4K is really intriguing to me, and I, 
I have my doubts that they're going to be able to hit it, but I'd be happy if they proved me wrong. Yeah, and it's going to be hard for to test the limits because none of us have a 4K TV, nope. and I mean they're not cheap in any respect, really. They're getting cheaper though. Um, I hear you can get a nice 4K TV for about six hundred dollars now. Not too bad. But you can a big, get a for a big you can TV. get a nice like 1080 one for like half that, maybe less. So, but it's not 4K. <laughs> I don't need it, but I need it. Yes, you do. Yeah. So that was uh, basically all Microsoft had to say. They they bombshelled the new. They had a goal in mind, and I think they did a good job playing to the goal. I think they're building a foundation for something come in the next couple years. So we'll see. On a scale of one to ten, what would you rate this press conference? I'd give them like a solid seven and a half just because they did announce a few good I, new IPs. Um, mm-hmm. They're announcing some pretty good sequels coming out. Uh, the Play Anywhere makes it a little bit easier for me because I have an Xbox One and the, so like a couple of games I've already had to buy twice. Just sucks people on my PC. But you people. Didn't have to. Um, and some days I just want to sit on the couch and play casually and don't want to have to come over to my computer and go all out on my computer. Options are good. <clears throat> I think... I. Oh, sorry. I think I'd give them about an 8. It was pretty happy with the new games that came out and showed. And if Scorpio ends up living up to the expectations they've placed, then I'm going to be happy. That's really nice. I may not be getting it because I don't have need for it, but it's it's nice that it's there. Um, I would probably give it, uh, probably like a seven. I feel like uh, they had a lot of information, and uh, I guess it was nice to not have a direct focus, but it just seemed uh. It seemed like they had a, a lot of stuff that they needed to get out, and uh, I feel like some of it could have been in different conferences, so they could like focus on things that people really wanted to see. But uh, a lot of a lot of good and potential uh, in a lot of the games that they showed, and a lot of the uh, technology that they showed. But I think about a seven or seven, probably about a seven is what they deserve. Alright, so we're all kind of in the same ballpark there when it comes to Microsoft. Alright, I think I think the next thing we're going to be talking about is the PC Gamer Show. It was kind of a, it's kind of a weird one to talk about considering it's not really a formal press conference like the other shows. It's more of like a, a talk show kind of thing. But I, I thought mm-hmm. they came out and they saw some interesting people talking and showing some interesting games. Uh, the first of which was they showed like a gameplay trailer for the new Dawn of War game, Dawn of War 3. Just like another reason why I think the uh, RTS, RTS genre is kind of having a resurgence. I don't really have a whole lot more to say about that. It looked pretty nice. But then after that, there was uh, an announcement for a game called Oxygen Not Included, which is like a sci-fi-themed Don't Starve survival game. I might have to pick that one up. 
Sounds interesting. It looks good. Don't starve is nice. Yeah, I like that. And then, like, interesting like enough, that after that, they they had uh, some people that were working on Ark Survival Evolve come out, and they were talking about some of the new mods that the community has made, and they said that they're going to start, like, implementing the mods as, like, official officially not official things that they can download and play themselves and i remember one of the mods they showed was like a was a mode where the players played as the dinosaurs themselves and you're like running around fighting the other dinosaur players or the npc humans uh was that did they get random dinosaurs? i don't know if it's random i'm assuming you can pick because it would suck if you like spawned in as an ant and some other guy gets a t-rex or something <laughs> Exactly, like why everyone would just go T Rex. Uh, the pterodactyl looked fun. Just fly around out of reach of everything. That's true. True. They'll have their pros and cons and stuff. But then, uh, like the first actual VR game that they showed at the PC Gamer Conference was a game called Giant Cop, where the player assumes the role of like a, I don't know how tall, like a fifty foot tall cop. And you're like sitting up there, police in the city from up high. The trailer itself was pretty funny. Like it showed people talking about how before the, the cops showed up, everything was a mess. Now the cops here, it's still kind of a mess, but they're not really sure if it's better or worse now. But like there was there were scenes where the cop is like picking up pedestrians and throwing them and like messing around with the buildings and stuff. So like there's almost like a sense of a Godzilla thriller in there where you're the Godzilla. But I don't really have too many pins on that. It's not until uh, closer to release date. Especially since I don't have a Vive either. That too, I don't have a Vive or an Oculus, so I don't have any of the expensive peripherals. Uh, after that, though, they had someone come out and talk about Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord. First Mountain Blade was kind of like a, I don't want to say it's a cult hit necessarily, but like it's a lesser known game that has a very passionate following. And the second one seems to be improving on that almost in every regard. It's the combat of it's very similar to Chivalry Medieval Warfare, if you know what that is. But like there's a more focus on mounted combat and sieges. And there's like there's actually like a single player with an open world environment behind it too. So it's just kinda of like more of that if you're into that. Uh, and then after that, there's an announcement for a new game called The Surge which is like a sci-fi Souls-like game. And it's being made by the developers of Lords of the Fallen, which I thought was an okay game, nothing special. But if they can really like hone in on what they learned from that last game, I think this next one could be something special. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after that, they had a demonstration for Lawbreakers, which... Some people say it's just another Overwatch clone, although this one seems like it's slightly different. There's a greater emphasis on verticality and fast movement rather than abilities. So, like, maybe if you're more of a fan of, like, old Doom and Quake kind of games, this will be right up your alley, but until then, I don't really know. I haven't played it. And then, like, all of a sudden, after that, there was this weird moment where... Definitely. There was like a video where people that work for Yahoo Esports came out. We're talking about how esports has grown, and I couldn't help but feel like I couldn't help wondering like why Yahoo was here. I didn't even know they were still in business, or why they had an <laughs> esports 
news team? I didn't. I, obviously, I mean, it came out of nowhere. I didn't expect Yahoo to, um, like you said, be around anymore. Like, we hear Yahoo Esports are so happy to be here. And I'm like, Yahoo still exists? I'm glad that they, uh, I mean, got, someone's paying attention, though. They've got CSGO, Dota 2, Heroes of the Storm, League of Legends, and Street Fighter Five on their main page. No, they're covering most of the big ones then, so that's that's nice. I guess if I was looking for an esports source, that would be one to consider. I don't know if there's any others that are better, but that was cool that they were there, I guess. Um, and then right after that, they had the one lady that was like a representative of AMD come out. And uh, I think it's important to note that this show is sponsored by AMD. So this was like their halftime plug all of our new stuff segment came out and we're like we got these three new graphics cards coming out later this year great stuff great value get hyped we also got cpus coming out later too so get hyped for that here's some demos running off <laughs> of the new equipment so like a lot of a lot of selling was going on but i didn't mind it too much because i i thought that maybe the amd amd's new stuff would have potential but apparently the the 480 came out recently and it's been met with a bit of controversy apparently there was an issue where the the drivers for it were causing electrical issues with computers oh, weird and drivers not working yeah that's really <laughs> unfortunate uh and then like second half of the show starts with a demo of a like vampire rpg action game from the makers of life is strange which i'm like oh didn't really see that coming at all. Like Life and Strange is awesome, but this game is like yeah. nowhere near related to that in any way. So like it kind of surprised me, but it looks really good. I hear some people are saying that there's a mechanic in a game where you can like actually go through the game and not hurt anybody, but you'll be weaker because of it because the way you level up is to actually drink the blood of people. So you can be a good That'll vampire, be but be weaker. Or you can be a strong vampire and kill everybody. I wonder. It reminds like, me of uh, the Undertale. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a similar case of that. Yeah, hopefully they balance it properly. Like, and I wonder, like, what kind of uh, story changes I will have if it's just going to be minor or more major to actually warrant like multiple playthroughs of it. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on that when it comes out. Uh, then they had a representative from Killing Floor 2 come out, talk about the new update that was coming for the game. It's called the Bullseye Update. It includes a mode where it's like humans versus zombies, where you actually get to play as the zombies. I don't I don't remember the first Killing Floor had a mode like that or not, but now it's available in the second one. And honestly, like being able to play as zombies is something I always enjoy, especially in stuff like Left 4 Dead. So cool stuff there. Cool stuff. Oh, there was also a trailer for like a VR version of Killing Floor. I think they went more in detail about that in the show, but I don't honestly, I honestly don't remember what they were saying about it. Kind of glossed over it. Then there's also a trailer for the VR version of Super Hot. It looks pretty nice. I still want to get around to playing the first Super Hot eventually, but the VR version looked cool. Good stuff. Uh, after that, Obsidian came out and they were showing off like a trailer for their new CRPG called Tyranny. 
where the basic idea of it is you play as a villain and you've already like conquered everything so it's all about how you like manage the world after being an evil ruler and the kind of a uh, situations you'll find yourself in after that so it's it's not something you get to see too often you're essentially playing an rpg from the other's perspective obsidian always makes good stuff too so that should be a pretty solid game when it comes out okay after that there was a game announced called observer which kind of reminded me of a like amnesia the dark descent kind of game in space where there was like this there's like a mechanic where you can like hack into the minds of other corpses and see what they were seeing before they died and stuff i don't really know how that's all going to work but there was just a sense of dread and a bunch of tension going on so i think that'll be pretty good after that was an announcement of a game called drop zone it's a like an rts moba hybrid but the, the general gimmick is that each player controls three units and the max length of a game is 15 minutes. And I, I know we've talked about this before, like the idea of shorter games becoming more and more appealing. So I'm happy that there's a game that's going to be focusing on that while also delivering like RTS mobile mechanics. I don't know how it's going to turn out. So it's another one to keep your eyes on. It seems to be like a a big theme going on with the show is that there's a lot of interesting games, but nothing that really like blows it out of the water. Yeah. Like right after that, there's the announcement of the, I don't know if it's announcement, but they showed off the new Arma three expansion called apex. I think it might be the final expansion of that game, but I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Uh, and that's supposed to be coming out later in July. So for those that are still devoted Arma fans, more content coming your way, which is always nice. Uh, where am I at? Oh yes, and then there was they showed off the new puzzle platformer game called The Turing Test. It was like a first-person puzzle game, maybe kind of in the way Portal was, but like the whole gimmick is you're on a another planet. So as you're around exploring the planet solving puzzles you, you you're just looking at this new environment you have no idea what's really going on with it and then i honestly don't remember this game at all from the show it's called overland and i don't remember what the mechanics of the trailer were but apparently it's a game where it takes place in a post-apocalyptic scenario and you're like on a road trip so i guess it's kind of bad maxi in a way but i honestly don't remember this trailer at all Kind of what it's what it, it is. Looks like it's kind of like XCOM style. Oh, is it XCOM? Is it like a strategy game? Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Again, strategy games are on the rise, folks. Get prepared for that. Mm -hmm. They want to make you think it's horrible. <laughs> this is terrible. I just want to kill stuff. <laughs> uh. After that was probably the most interesting thing of the entire show, for me at least, which was a announcement of a game called Dual Universe, which sold itself as like a large shared space MMO where you could like build your own spacecrafts, fly around to different planets. There's also like a player-driven economy between all the systems. So it's kind of like a different take on EVE, but... 
pretty sure the gameplay is more of like a first person perspective so it's somewhere in the middle between like eve and no man's sky in a way i don't know how much crafting or planetary exploration there is but if it can deliver it's on like it's full planet full planet yeah if it can deliver on all these promises that has a chance to be an amazing experience yeah so like think space engineers mixed with eve hmm hmm that's a good thought <laughs> good thought uh right after that there was a short little trailer that was like promoting some of the new releases from razor like new keyboards and mice and stuff so more sponsorship stuff going into the show but that was like the last of it for the show after that there was um a gameplay demo of one of the Halo Wars 2 campaign missions. So that was like even more footage of the game that we saw here rather than at Microsoft's event. Uh, that's a game we're all excited, excited for. Yep. So that, that's good. Really excited for that, especially for the uh, upcoming PC beta that whenever that may be. <laughs> Please be soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Right after that was uh, the announcement of a game called Day of Infamy, which is a World War II shooter from the creators of Insurgency. And it's going to be hitting early access next month, I believe. Honestly, I was kind of underwhelmed with this. Like, they showed a trailer for it, but the visuals of it looked very outdated. And I don't know if that was intentional or not. Like, it's uh, 2016, but the visuals look like something from 2006. Pretty poor, in my opinion. I hope hopefully it's, it's just hopefully it's just like early access. These are not the final textures of the game, but you never know nowadays. Yeah, and I mean especially a lot of early access games look amazing, so it's hard to hard to say. Hard to say. Early access is kind of a gamble. Exactly. <laughs> After that was a gameplay demo for a game called Mirage Arcane Warfare, which is from the creators of Chivalry Medieval Warfare. But the difference between these two games is that Mirage focuses on spellcasters as like your ranged combat instead of bows. So imagine a whole bunch of Gandalfs getting together and just throwing spears and swords at each other. And that's kind of what this game is. I can get behind it. But like, it took a while for uh, Chivalry Medieval Warfare to get to a decent state. So hopefully this doesn't take as long to get good. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, lots of glitches. It looks like a different art style too. It is. I think they said that like looks like a border. They said the aesthetic it was inspired by like Persian art or something like that. We'll see. It looks promising. Uh, After that was the announcement of a game called Mages of Australia. It looked like a Diablo-like game where you run around and you're casting spells and collecting loot and stuff but the big gimmick behind this one is the fact that spells are completely customizable so basically whenever you create an ability you put a whole bunch of different elements into it and then you create your own custom spell and i think you can name and stuff too and it does exactly what you want it to do i'm not sure how many different combinations there are but i'm assuming there's at least a few thousand that can really customize your characters in the way you want it's an interesting concept. After that, there was an announcement of a new game mode for the game Warframe, which is called Lunaro. It was kind of like a cross between Quidditch and soccer. I don't really know much about Warframe, but 
for those that continue to play it, they got a new game mode. And there's also apparently the announcement of some new weapons coming to it, but I don't remember what those were. So content updates is always awesome to see. Developers supporting the game is a beautiful thing. And then the last game of the show was a demonstration of Deus Ex Mankind Divided. The upcoming Deus Ex sequel it's supposed to be out in August. And they basically just came out and wanted to uh, just remind people that Deus Ex is all about choices and that they made the ability to stealthily and non-lethally get through the game even easier than it was in the previous one. For those that like to do non-lethal playthroughs of Deus Ex, have no fear. This one is for you. <laughs> the very, very last thing of the show was when they had Warren Spector come out and just kind of talk about how the past three decades of PC gaming, the the industry has just grown so much and is probably at an all-time high. And hearing that come from him is awesome because he's like, in my opinion, he's like the uh, Steven Spielberg of PC gaming development. He's he's like the godfather of all this. He's kind of a big deal. I don't know if he was just paid to say that or if he legitimately believes it, but it was so good to hear, see him come out and talk about the industry. Lots of hopefulness from him. And uh, that was kind of the whole PC Gamer show. Like, there was a lot of interesting stuff, but nothing that really stuck out to me. A lot of these games are look like the ones where I don't really care when they come out. But I will probably eventually get them when they go on sale and have a good time with them regardless. Yeah, that's kind of the feel I was getting from it too. Uh, these small and medium-sized games that come out end up being good anyway, but they're not high-profile enough to where they're always on your mind. Yeah. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you guys rate the show? Um, I'd say uh, solid 6.5. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. It's nothing too eye-catching, just a lot of, like, you know, I'll probably try that game type of thing. So, uh, probably six, because it's, uh, yeah, too many, there's so many small games that I, I that people wouldn't really be paying attention to, I guess. Something only a PC gamer would be interested in. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. That was kind of the whole feel. Like, there wasn't really anything except maybe the one day of Infamy game where I was like, I don't know why they're showing this. This looks like garbage. Everything looked good, though. I'd say it's a, yeah. like a solid seven in my book. It wasn't a bad show. It was pretty decent. I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. All right. But then after that, we went back to some of the, some of the big guns, the big hitters of the industry. Mike, talk to me about the Ubisoft conference. Ubisoft conference was one of my favorites, uh, probably in the top three. Um, it came out with, um, uh, what's her name? Aisha uh, Tyler. Yeah, Aisha Tyler. Apparently she was there last year too. I don't remember that, but maybe that's just because I don't, it was a year ago. So um, I was questioning at first why she was doing anything for Microsoft because I had no idea she was, you know, like working for them slash interested in video games. I thought she was just an actor slash comedian type thing, <laughs> but that was cool that she was there. <laughs> she is a, 
has a lot of personality She's and definitely was a good, yes, very energetic. She was a good host. Uh, I was surprised. Um, and they started started it off with uh, Just Dance I was so 2017. worried at the very beginning because the very first thing they did was they started playing Queen music, having people come on stage <laughs> and start dancing in animal costumes. I was just like, oh, yeah. dear God, this is going to be one of those shows. <laughs> there was a giraffe and a panda. Oh, my God. Like, wow. <laughs> but Queen, so, I mean, there's Queen, a win. Queen saved it. Um, I'm guessing I I was never too much into the just dance because I don't just dance. I I just don't dance. Um <laughs> and uh I uh I, I think I've played it once or twice though. But the next one, Just Dance twenty seventeen, is coming out in October and NX next year. Not this October. They actually mentioned right? it's coming to NX, that's right. Okay. And one of my favorites uh, of the uh, the whole um, show was Ghost Recon Wildlands, which is the next game. I was not expecting this game because um, Ghost Recon games, for me at least, have been like a hit or miss. Like either they look amazing and they don't play well, or they play well but don't really look amazing. And uh, this one seems to actually like hit both really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not expecting this, but this the they opened up with a cinematic trailer that looked amazing. Um, I forget which country it's in. I'm not sure. I want to say it was like South America somewhere. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, because well, yeah. South America or Mexico. Something yeah, because like there were llamas roaming around. Llamas. Um, <laughs> and uh, it and it's all about um, it's basically modern type of warfare, modern guns with a little bit of futuristic type of uh, drones and all that stuff. Um, there's oh, there's four player co op mm. in the main story. Um, I'm there's I'm pretty sure there's four set characters that you can be that you can choose from. Um, they also showed a gameplay demo of one one of the missions, and at first I thought it was I couldn't tell if it was um, voiced by the game or voiced by the people playing it. I'm still not entirely sure. I hate the fake voiceovers they do for the Ubisoft demos. Yeah, nobody like, talks like that. Yeah, like who, yeah they, who plays four player co-op with the friends is like, yo, Roger Niner, uh, breaching right side, cover my flank, over. Like no one exactly. talks like that with their friends. What the hell? I I, I thought it was in game at first, and then I finally realized that. Yeah, it was. I was like, wait a minute, is that the guy inside or is that the guy outside? Yeah, I was like, it come made on. it seem a lot cooler though. Company, let's at least get some scripting right here. <laughs> um, the uh, the game is set to release March seventh, twenty seventeen, and let's hope that doesn't get too much delayed. I hope it, it probably won't, but we'll what if see. they pushed it back for a division expansion? Okay, I would be upset. <laughs> Ubisoft is pretty good with dates, though, right? Aren't they? I think so. Normally, I don't remember Normally, them really. Yeah. Well, here's the problem I don't remember them ever pushing a game back, but they've had a lot of situations where they, they should have pushed the game back and that they didn't. Yeah, maybe it yeah. should be better that they delay it. Yeah. 
Um, the okay, sword. and <laughs> the next one, and I would probably go ahead and say the biggest game of the whole um, show. This one caught me by Ubisoft surprise. Show. Was yeah, it caught everyone by surprise. It was the the <laughs> the trailer was hilarious because no one expected. I just it. I just want to know, can you say the name of this game without cracking a smile? Uh, what South Park, the fractured butthole? Fractured Obviously, butthole. it's it's the fractured but hole. It's 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 not a butthole. Kyle, they're, calm down. They're split, but they're one. <laughs> uh. I, I, I was I was pretty I was laughing that when I first saw this title before E3 that they actually like grabbed this title for this game like totally a South Park thing to do. I just I just want to um, note that somewhere in Montreal there were a bunch of business guys in suits sitting in an office, and then the South Park guys came in and were like, "We want to make a game called the Fractured Butthole." And the exact, <laughs> the exact are like fractured buttholes. Here, have a here's a few million dollars. Make it. Exactly. The the demo um, feature it was like super serious about like world ending, like apocalypse type stuff, and then it like comes into a like a Cartman voiceover, like. When it was starting to get I, really I thought serious, the trailer was first for like the Watchdogs two or something or Division. Exactly, a super serious game, and the Cartman just shows up and it's like, nope. <laughs> and then it got in, and then there was I don't know, was it the same trailer or was there another trailer where like they were actually showing? Um, there was another trailer like, after that where it was like Cartman in the raccoon costume and all the other guys in the car in the uh, superhero costumes. Yeah, and they were um the the whole story about this one is that they're in their superhero uh like costumes. I know they did at least like four episodes, maybe more on that um in the actual seasons of uh South Park. And obviously with the game, they have a lot more freedom with words they can use and um, gestures and I mean it's already pretty bad on TV, but it gets, <laughs> if you've ever played the first South Park, you know what I mean. Um, and uh, they they were going through and showing uh, the beginning area, and eventually it got got around to uh, Kyle and and Eric and Cartman um, yelling about. Uh, something about his dad fucked his mom and that's how we all came to be they were and... talking about like the origin of one of the heroes and he's like yeah and then the kid walks into his parents bedroom there's his mom getting fucked by his dad and like Cartman's <laughs> acting like it's such a big deal and everyone's just like what what do you mean <laughs> that's how it happens <laughs> yes my mom fucked my dad that's why I'm here that's why we're all here <laughs> It was just classic South Park humor through and through. Yeah. And they went on to show that uh, they have redone the whole combat system. Um, from uh, Yeah, from the first one. Like, I already liked the combat system from the first one. And this one makes it even better to where you can move around in the environment um, as you're, like, in combat. And you can also uh, 
and I think there's some environmental interactions you can have, and you can also like have cover this time from being attacked. And uh, of course, in uh, this game, like there was magic in the last game, there have to be farts in this game too. And uh, what what was it used for this time? You can travel through time with your farts. Oh, that's what it was. Duh. <laughs> so, so as they will explain that, I I bet amazingly in the game. So the release date for this is actually not. It's pretty soon. It's uh, December sixth, twenty sixteen, which for like just seeing the first trailer like this month. I'm glad that uh, the release date is only like six months from now. Right. That's going to be a day one purchase for me. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Moving on to the next game. Uh, the Division, uh, they announced a an expansion for it. And it's for an un- the Underground. And it's a multiplayer expa- expansion. And it's more like... Um, uh, dungeon clearing or like uh, what was that? yeah they're adding dungeons <laughs> and stuff again. destiny the, uh, yeah destiny i will never remember that don't worry <laughs> um <laughs> it's it'll make it a little bit more like destiny so where you're clearing the dungeon over and over again to get um uh, to get loot instead of wandering around uh downtown uh trying to find guns and killing people i can't tell if that's better and, or worse survive what was the uh survival expansion i don't remember that too much they didn't really give any details on that except they're like yeah and then like right after that we're gonna release a new expansion called the survival expansion but they didn't give any details like why is it expansion why is it survival base like are there the whole game was do you have to like forge for food do you have to like build little bases out of garbage like was it daisy like Um, like what's up with this I could see it might be to where you actually have to eat food and drink water because those are things you can like pick up um, during the game, uh, and you can eat, eat energy bars and they like get rid of debuffs and they might heal you up a bit. I think. So would it be like so that... a survival mode for the regular game, or is it like a new story mode or something? Mechanic. I'm not sure. We'll see. I guess they were because... very vague with it. Yeah, that would be interesting. Probably because they don't even know what it is. Yet. <laughs> Probably. They're just winging it. The next game was pretty cool, and they brought in like six people to play it uh, in front of everybody. It's called Eagle Flight, and it's uh, for virtual reality. Um, and you you play as eagles, and you uh, it's like a capture the flag type of game. Uh, I'm not sure if that... Is that the only game mode? I'm not sure. Probably. I hope there's other game modes. Yeah, so it's two teams of eagles, and you are flying with your VR headset and a controller, I'm guessing. And um, you uh, you have to swoop in and grab, I think it was an egg or something from a nest, and bring it to another nest to capture the point. And the eagles can shoot something? Out of they them. shot like sonic waves <laughs> of air from their wings or something. Don't, don't yeah. question it. <laughs> I wasn't. I, I won't question it. And they, uh, you could like they would like taking other the other ones down in like one hit. But it looked really good. It looked like it could probably hurt your head slash neck. 
um, while playing it because you're looking around so much and the people playing it looked pretty funny in front of the whole was, stage. I remember there was like one guy standing at the end. He was just like, he was like banging or something. Like he was just all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Like that guy's going to get whiplash. Uh, but yeah, this game does look fun though. And if I had VR, I would definitely pick it up to play with some yeah, friends. Uh, buy, and it is uh, by four of the $800 vibes and you'll be all set. Exactly. It is coming out this fall, surprisingly soon. The next was also the next game was also a VR, which I know Aisha Tyler and a lot of people in the in the stands were super excited about this because I guess they have a lot of Trekkies out there, which I don't blame them for. I've never watched Star Trek, but I've always wanted to. Um, One of these days. The game was Star Trek Bridge Crew, and you got to play. Uh, you get to play as one of four crew members on the bridge of a Star Trek uh, ship, and they had uh, they had what two, three people from the old show and one girl from the new show, I think, come in and play. I don't want to try to guess. <laughs> I think that was it. I think there was three people from the old show, um, and the uh, the girl I think was from the new show. And they all played. They've all played people on Star Trek and have been on the um, the deck of a ship in studio. And they all they got to play this, and they said they had a blast. And it looked like a lot of fun and very confusing if you didn't know what you were doing. Um, I think the basic premise get... of it was one person is the captain, and all they're doing is issuing orders. And then the other three players are at like special channels, yeah. and they all have their own special role. I don't know what those yeah. roles are. Like, I think one person's in charge of shields, and another person's in charge of the guns, and I don't know about the fourth yeah. person. There was a there was a captain, an engineer, and then shields and guns. And I'm pretty sure um, someone did something with in, uh, the engines. Also, I'm not sure if that was the engineer or the captain. Probably the engineer. Yeah. Um, that was, I mean, it looked it looked really cool because I have seen a couple of the new movies and was very interested in those. But this game, I know, is going to fall straight into what people wanted for a long time for with VR. So it is probably going to get a lot of attention. But I don't think there was a release date announced. I don't think so. Hopefully we can get that soon for the people who are really looking forward to this. Please, the Trekkies. <laughs> the next game was totally blew me out of the water. It was the, that was the last game that would be up in my top uh, in my top three. Um, and the game, tr- the first trailer was the first thing I ever heard about this game, and the trailer was amazing and totally brought me in. And uh, it's called For Honor, and it's about uh, the basically lifelong or <laughs> century-long struggle between knights, Vikings, and samurais. I'm sold. And the 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 trailer shows basically it looks like eternal um, three fighters basically fighting throughout time, uh, with one one being a knight, one being a Viking, and one um one being a samurai. The knight using a normal longsword slash claymore type looking thing um the viking using i think he had an axe right yeah yeah 
and the uh, samurai obviously using a, a big katana. Um, the, and then they also they they did show, I think at the end um, of the conference was a gameplay demo, right? Or was it during the Forerunner thing? I think they had it, had it all at, at once. Okay. The gameplay demo showed uh, the guy playing as a Viking and raiding a samurai temple. And um, the guy wasn't the greatest at the game, but that's okay, <laughs> because that happens not, like at every E3. All the you guy need to playing know is isn't... he was a Viking, he was angry, and he was killing samurai. <laughs> yeah. And they raided the uh, temple of a samurai, and it looked amazing. The uh, the the he the final battle was between like what looked like the t- the Viking and the samurai um, in the uh, trailer. And obviously, there's a pr- there's going to be a pretty big campaign if you can choose from three different sides. Maybe it's it, I'm not sure if it's going to be too. Uh, I hope you like, can play as all three. Yeah, too re- maybe it's not too repetitive. I don't know if they're... Did they say anything about multiplayer? This is actually primarily a multiplayer game. That's going to be awesome, then. Like, this game The comes combat out... system is one of the more in-depth ones I've seen from a melee combat game. Yeah, like, it, it looks, looks like, like a third-person like Chevrolet, but it looks way more polished. Yeah, basically. This game will be coming out on... Valentine's Day of 2017. You can raid, you can like play as Vikings and pillage cities with your beloved ones. Exactly. That's what everyone wants on Valentine's Day. Honey, we're going raiding. (laughs) The next game was, is called Grow Up. And I do not know too much about this game. I also did not play the the, uh, prequel uh, Grow Home. Do you know too much about this game, Kyle? I haven't played it myself, though I hear really good things about Grow Home. I some people are jokingly saying that Grow Home is a better Assassin's Creed game than Assassin's Creed because like the climbing mechanics just work really well. Yeah. Other than that, I don't really know anything about it. What's the uh story? Do you know too much about it? I don't really know something about I think in the first one you start off as like a young plant like creature. And you spend the entire game climbing giant beanstalks. And then by the time you get to the top, that's when you've like grown up. And this is where the next one takes place, but I don't really know what the purpose of it is. Are you going to grow up even more? Like, I don't really know. That'll be interesting then. This game is coming out in August of this year. If you know anything about Grow Home or Grow Up, let us know. <laughs> yeah. The next uh issue is trials of the blood dragon um i do not i didn't see this one coming it's a cross- <laughs> you take a trials game but then you put it in the world of like blood dragon from far cry so mm-hmm. it's just as like bright neon crazy oh. acid trip that's i totally forgot that this what that's what this was i <laughs> I remember looking at this. I just the name was weird, so I didn't recognize it. But yeah, this is like um, the uh, the blood dragon thing from Far Cry Three, yep. which I know a lot of people liked because it was different and crazy, and like 
dinosaurs and stuff, basically. <laughs> I don't know if there's any but dinosaurs in this one. This one is a side-scroller, though, right? Or yeah. no? Yes, yeah. yeah, a side-scroller. And is it is it a standalone? I do, I do believe it's, it's standalone. You can get it for like 10 or 15 bucks. Okay. And I do believe it's already out. So you can go and play it now. That's good. I, I the uh, blood dragon, uh, the blood dragon thing from Far Cry Three was really cool, although a little bit um, wacky, I guess we should say. <laughs> yeah, didn't they have like first person shooter elements in it, or third person shooter elements? They did some weird stuff that some Trials fans were not a big fan of. Next topic is something that a lot of people are looking forward to, and myself included, is the Assassin's Creed movie. And I don't think... Did they show a new trailer? I thought they just just didn't think, really show I think, anything. I don't think they really showed anything. Yeah, they just nothing had, really new. They just had one of the producers come out and talk about how excited he is for this movie. Yeah, and Ace Tyler like, fangirled over Michael Fassbender or something. I mean, I don't blame her. Um, I'm looking forward to that I know a lot of people will be because the Assassin's Creed story is really good Uh, hopefully hopefully it lives up to everything it's everyone's saying it's going to be the next game was I think it was expected a little bit Um, I know uh, there are definitely some people looking forward to this and I know there was also a lot of people that the first one disappointed. And, and that is Watch Dogs 2. Watch Dogs, myself, for myself, I was looking forward to it immensely. I thought this was going to be awesome. It was going to be like Grand Theft Auto, but better because you can hack stuff and you're it's super cool. Um, I know for a lot of people, it was, the first one was... Uh, like you just you press one button and you can hack anything, and that was pretty boring. I found the first Watch Dogs so, to be one of the most boring games I've ever played. It was not yeah. it was not for me. And and then it also didn't work for most people that tried it on PC, which was also pretty upsetting for myself included. Come on, Ubisoft. And uh, yeah, so that was a big disappointment. But I will stop talking about. The first one, because we're focusing on the second one here. And they showed a gameplay demo. This looks a lot like the first one, just almost more technologically advanced, and you're playing as a younger kid. Well, I'm mostly a kid, but he's probably older than I am. (laughs) Um, The gameplay demo looked really cool. He used used a drone, and he used a little RC car... um, that he uh, controlled with his laptop or whatever, I think it was. And you had two companions that were also helping you out. Um, and it looked... Honestly, I would give this... Uh, this <laughs> I'm afraid to give this a good rating just because of the way the first one looked. The first one looked just like this, like so amazing. Like I wanted this, but I don't know. Don't it's hard to say sh- by the trailer. Don't feel ashamed to say you like something. Unless you're not yeah. supposed to. They... <laughs> they also did say that they wanted to fix the parkour a lot in the game. 
So they added a lot more elements of that, and maybe it might feel a little more Assassin's Creed like since it's also made by Ubisoft. So, which hopefully is a good thing. I think they've fixed mostly our parkour problems from Assassin's Creed games, but I'm not sure. Um, they one thing they did announce was that the DLC for Watch Dogs 2 is coming to PS4 before it's coming anywhere else first. I'm not sure how long before. I I don't uh, really it's about a month or so. Yeah, so PS4 will get it about a month early. So Woo, good for you guys. <laughs> Feel good about yourselves for a month. Um the they also announced that the watchdogs mo- there's is a watchdogs movie in the works. So why? <laughs> hey, they can't mess up a movie with bad parkouring and gameplay though. So they have a story behind this and I think it'll look really cool, but I feel like the hacker type thing might be a little overdone. So if they don't have something like you can really cool you can cross about over it. into cheesy territory so easily with that. Yeah, like yeah. it's it, there's a thin line where this movie might be really bad. I mean, I'm hoping that it won't be, but <laughs> I feel like Mr. Robot is pretty much as much technical stuff I want in a hacking TV show. Right. I mean, too. that doesn't border, that doesn't hit cheesy at all, but I mean, you can't go too much farther like Scorpion it's or something. It's just the right level of seriousness. Yeah. To be completely honest, though, I don't know if I could care less about Watch Dogs 2 any more than I already do. Because yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's just going to get overhyped and then it's going to be locked at 30 frames and uh, yeah, you horrible. Yeah, you some PC ports. Okay. Next, the next game was not really something I was expecting from Ubisoft, and it's called Steep, and it's an extreme, extreme sport, um, like extreme, um, I guess ex- snow sports. But I There's... thought it wasn't just snow sports. Well, Is it just the whole snow... thing takes place in like a snow no, resort? It's... All right, but it's a collection of extreme sports. Yeah, um, it looked they they had a trailer ish type thing for it, and it looked really cool. Um, I know I say that about every game, but that's so just cool. because most things do look cool in the trailer. So yeah, it's hard they, to say if they show something and it doesn't look cool, then they failed. Exactly. And I mean, they can basically edit them to any graphics they want in the trailer. So I, I, when I, <laughs> I will probably repeat myself a lot when it comes to just trailers until we get gameplay. Never trust but the trailer. trailer looked amazing just because I think that this snow sport type thing is really cool and the environment is really cool. They didn't mention anything about VR support, did they? I don't think so. Not sure. I feel like that would be a big miss if they didn't. And I think there was um, like the the body suit flying thing, right? I think they had that. The wing suit. Yeah, that one. Was wingsuits? Were there paragliders too? I think so. There's uh, and there was snowboarding and skiing. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Just saying, if it doesn't have VR, it's a big. Mistake on their part. Missed opportunity. 
You need VR, and then you need to have a giant fan in front of you while you're playing. <laughs> yeah. they, they need to have... And turn your AC all the way down. Or all the way yeah. down, yes. And it is open world, which I don't know how much that means, because... Uh, I mean, it's, it's a Ubisoft. You're on a mountain. Get ready... Get ready to climb those mountains. <laughs> yeah, they had they climb didn't the say like to activate the watch tower, the which unlocks the new ski event. <laughs> and <laughs> hey, this is the, the rebels inside the watchtower to gain access to your own people. You have to beat the guy at a <laughs> snowboarding race. Very far cry. <laughs> this game is coming out in December of this year, I'm guessing. Yep. And uh, I mean, uh, if you're into Go ahead. It did say death was a mechanic, wasn't it? Yeah, Ooh. you can collide with objects and get yourself killed. I don't know if you have to just go respawn or whatnot, but uh, there is a heavy focus on multiplayer and just traveling around the mountain with your friends and then recording your friends having horrifying deaths. Kill your <laughs> friends. That'll be That'll be interesting. As, uh, as the trailer went on, my interest in the game slowly grew. Went from yeah. no interest whatsoever to that looks promising. Might get exactly. it, might get it used. Oh, no. <laughs> Do they, they need to add some interesting mechanic to where I want to go down the mountain a few times and not get bored with it? Yeah, like maybe if it's like super open world, like. You can go any direct, like you start out at the top, like around the uh, the top of the mountain. You can go any direction you want, but I'm guessing it's going to be more limited than that. And uh, I mean, trees <laughs> trees are going to be a a problem, obviously. So um, when they said it was open world, I was worried that they're going to have a thing where once you boarded down the mountain, you'd have to walk back up. I don't think they do, but <laughs> there was a chance it could have happened. Set my ski lift the entire time. <laughs> Just a direct do 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 do. Oh, look at that! Ooh. So um, okay. yeah, that that, that wraps. They, they had steep wrap up the conference. I don't know if that was the best choice, but I think it worked pretty efficiently. Mm-hmm. Something new for people to talk about. So, in your guys' opinions, what would you rate the conference on a scale of one to ten? Go ahead. Uh, I'd say five, bordering on wow. a four and a half. That's just because you don't like Ubisoft, though. Well, I'm looking not... forward to South Park and Wildlands, but that's about it. I'm like, unless you're into open Everything world games, else. Ubisoft usually doesn't really have anything for you. Mm-hmm. I I would say uh, I'm looking forward to like most of these games, and they did it. Fairly well, and I used to tell it was pretty entertaining the whole time. So I would say eight and a half. Mm-hmm. I myself, like, I'm really, really looking forward to South Park and kind of looking forward to Ghost Recon and For Honor. Everything else is interesting, too. I have no interest whatsoever. But overall, I'd say the conference was entertaining enough to get about a seven out of ten in my book. And with that, we're going to move on to the last formal press conference of the event. Nintendo did have a thing, but that was afterwards, and it was their own separate thing. 
But like the last formal event of E3 was the Sony press conference. And holy crap. (laughs) That that explains it. Holy crap. (laughs) Let me just say, Sony had one of the classiest press conferences I've ever seen. Complete respect for their audience. Yeah. They came out. People were confused because there was like an orchestra down near the stage and no one knew why it was there. Then the conductor comes out and he starts playing some epic sounding music and people were like, what is this? What is it from? It sounds kind of fancy-ish. <laughs> is, that, is that God of War? It sounded really cool. There was a concert going on for the people that are there. And then they bring up a, a thing on the screen. There's this kid. He's, uh, he's in the little cabin house. And then all of a sudden, the badass himself, Kratos, shows up, talks to the kid, tells him he's going to go go hunt, learn to become a man. And that's when the, the trailer for God of War starts. And I just want to say, this one really surprised me. Because it doesn't resemble a God of War game that much at all. Like, instead of being a over-the-shoulder... Well, instead of being, like, a far-camera, action-y game where you go from room to room just killing everything, this had more of a, like, RPG Last of Us feel to it. I don't really know. Yeah, this, this is more narrative-focused, kind of. Oh, yeah, this is way more narrative-focused than previous God of Wars. But th- that doesn't mean the action suffered at all. There were scenes where Kratos pulls out an axe and he starts chopping off limbs of giant demon monsters and like that still looked really good and I think they're going to keep the epicness and the scale of some of the bosses intact from the previous ones uh, It, it th- this does confirm that it takes place in the Norse mythology because there was a reference to Valhalla and I think F- Thor at one point mm-hmm. so Kratos got tired of killing the Greek gods and he's going to go to Valhalla and kill the Norse gods now so, height meters at a maximum, right there. Well, I I think he's not really trying to. They're sort of making him. I I can't I can't help but feel like something bad's going to happen to the kid. <laughs> yeah, I feel if it has a Last of Us type feeling slash. Uh, what else? There's another game that. I don't know. I uh, guess The Last of Us probably is the best idea. Uh, something is either going to happen to Kratos or the kid. And uh, Some people speculate you, you actually get... will play as the kid because during the demo there was a scene where uh, you're helping the kid shoot the, shoot archery. But when you mm-hmm. do that you like when the kid successfully shoots you gain archery experience. And it doesn't make sense that Kratos would earn, would earn archery experience from the kid shooting so maybe yeah. the kid is gaining experience like th- that's just all speculation i honestly have no idea with what direction they're going to go with this game but god of war 4 god of war reboot whatever you want to call it looks very promising and was a fantastic it... way to start the show yeah uh, everyone was really surprised you can tell by the audience reactions and this game looks amazing i've never played a god well i have played a little bit of god of war 2 but i am completely looking forward to playing all of them before i get to this one because i 
have always loved the, um, like I said, the uh, mythology behind it. And this game definitely, it takes turn going into Norse mythology and it's going to be amazing. Yep, I'm going to do the same thing. going to play through one, and th- one, two, and three. I don't know if I'll do the spin-offs, but at least the main ones before this. And then right after that, Sony plays with my heart. Big time. <laughs> For those that are listening to this show, I think myself and at least Michael are huge fans of The Last of Us. Oh, God. Which is the, the Naughty Dog survival zombie game that came out a few years ago. And this trailer starts, and... It has the visuals of The Last of Us, and it's setting up a world that's very similar to The Last of Us. And I'm like, oh my god. Oh my god. It's The Last of Us 2. Uh, who the hell is that guy? And then the title comes up, and it's called Days Gone. The basic premise of it is, yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic zombie kind of scenario. And the character you're playing as is like some sort of biker, mercenary, badass guy. Uh, they didn't really talk about it too much then but that's because they ended up finishing the show with a gameplay demo of days gone so we'll talk about it a bit more when we get to the end of the conference the right after days gone they showed a trailer for the last guardian and i think it was a relatively appropriate trailer they didn't really show much at all they didn't really try to get people too excited about it because people have been waiting for this game over nine years already. And so the best thing they could have done is just come out and gave in a release date. And that's exactly what they did. They're going to release the game on October 25th, 2016. So for those that have been waiting a whole nine years for the game, you finally have your opportunity later this year. It looks good. It does look good. Then after that, they had a gameplay demo of Horizon Zero Dawn. I think we have we talked about this much on the show before. I might have touched it with the it was last year's. Yeah, oh, no, they kind of announced it last year. But anyway, Horizon Zero Dawn has this really interesting premise where it's like a, uh, it's like an open world third person RPG kind of game, very similar to it's how like... The Witcher is. But like this, yeah. the setting is a post-apocalyptic world, not like a Fallout one or a zombie it, one, but like the world has been overtaken by machines, and so like a reverse steampunk thing. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, reverse like, steampunk. It's almost been like it's like the world has been taken over back by like nature, except for now nature has turned into machines yeah like there's just robotic animals and robotic dinosaurs all over the place and it's really cool to see just these monsters of metal roam the plains and there's actually Mm -hmm. you can actually like hunt these animals and you collect resources from them i don't really know what you need from them but i'm just watching this game and i'm like okay the lore seems really cool the combat seems really interesting and they even showed up some of the dialogue for the first time. It's kind of Mass Effect-y, where there's multiple trees that you can pick from and kind of uh, yeah. dictate how your character is going to interact with the world. So that looked really good, and I do believe that's coming end of February of 2017. So a few months ago until that's available. I am. I know that this game basically looks like 
uh, Far Cry um, uh, Primal, but like just because of the Primal ver like type of it, but it looks like it did it so much better. Like the looting and the actual fighting of dinosaurs and type like that, uh, things like that, is uh, it actually looks difficult to take down a huge dinosaur, which it should be, considering they do have like missile launchers and stuff on them. Um, I'm crazily looking forward to this game, and was one of the reasons why I want to get a PS4. Yeah, Sony's just like, here's a reason to get a PS4. Here's a reason to get a PS4. Here's another reason to get a PS4. You should get a PS4 by now. And then everyone is like, no, Xboxes, Xboxes are better. And I'm like, at this point, it's not really a, like a decision which is better. It's like, which games are better? People can play whatever they want. Exactly. But uh, yeah, like they they came out and started off really strongly like uh, this. And the best part is like most conferences, they come out they show the trailer and then they have someone come out like, yep, this is the game. It's coming out later this year, blah, blah, blah. Sony's just like, we ain't got time to have people come on and tell you about the game. We're just going to show trailer after trailer after trailer. And they did that. <laughs> they Right after Horizon Zero Dawn, they went straight into the, the newest David Cage game called Detroit Become Human. If you don't know David Cage games, they're the super narrative heavy decision-based ones of quick time events like Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls, stuff like that. Uh, the premise of this one is you're an android in like a futuristic Detroit, and you have to make decisions based off of what you've learned through being a detective. And based on the, the amount of effort you put into cases, it can affect the outcome. Like they showed a demonstration where there was a scenario where there was this little girl, and she has been captured by this rogue android and he's starting to kill her and then basically leading up to your encounter with this android you can learn more about him learn more about him like why he's going rogue or why he'd resort to such drastic tactics and then basically depending on how much effort you put into it there's like 10 different ways you can resolve the scenario so I don't know if that's like yeah. a one-time thing or the rest of the game is going to have a huge number of branches like that. I guess we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. I feel like that game stuck out the most to me out of the lineup, but I mean, that's coming from a non-PlayStation person, so... Fair enough. It it has a different vibe to it than everything else does, I feel like. And... I like... If it wasn't, ep if it's episodical, that'd take it down a notch. But if it has like multiple stories, then it would almost make me want to get a PS4. I think it will be one complete thing. I don't think David Cage has made his favorite games be episodic in any way. Okay. But yeah, like that, I think I keep my eye on it because David Cage games are one of those things where you either love them or you hate them. And I tend to like them a lot, even though a lot of people have a differing viewpoint than me. So. I'm going to keep an eye on that. I don't know when it comes out, but I think it's sometime next year. And then perhaps one of the biggest surprises of the entire event came right after that, where Sony was showing gameplay for what everyone was calling the kitchen demo at the time. This was a VR experience that was running around the press event last year. And all the people at the press were talking about how 
there was this demo for a game called Kitchen, and it was the scariest thing they've ever seen, and it was amazing. VR experience. So then they show, they're, they're showing this Kitchen demo, and they're showing slightly different things to it, but it's still like the same basic premise where you're in this haunted house, and there's a bunch of creepy shit going on, and it's a VR game. And then the a trailer, it transitions into a trailer, and it's announced that this super creepy kitchen demo that had been around the year previous was actually the newest Resident Evil game. Resident Evil 7. Which came as a huge surprise appeal considering that first person horror VR experiences is not what you think of when you think of Resident Evil. They're more like third person over the shoulder action games. So the Resident Evil franchise is doing a complete 180 and I can see from experience having played the demo that it is very effective in its horror elements and it is definitely a good direction for the franchise after the last couple of disappointments. I know horror games are not really for everyone. But it was good. It was good. So then right after that, PlayStation was like, you think all these uh, the VR experiences are nice? Well, you can play these at home now. When you buy the PlayStation VR headset for $3.99, launching this October. With over 50 games available for it. And honestly, I think they did a pretty good job selling me on the PlayStation VR. And if I'm going to get any VR headset, it might be the PlayStation one. Just because it's also the most affordable. And it does kind of what I want from a VR headset. Which is just immerse me into the world. Although the Vive has the, uh, the functionality of like full room motion control. So that's another benefit. But I don't know if I'd really want that or not. Like any pref like, Do you have any opinion on the PlayStation VR headset? Like, um, I don't know. Are you, are, you can go first. If you want. It's, you is, it, is it exclusive to... If it, it's, it's exclusive to PlayStation, and I... I mean, if the PlayStation can, like, you know, hold up to it and play well with it, I think it'll be interesting. But it is, like, it's the same cost as buying another console. True. So... Still, like, half the price of the be... other VR headsets. That is very also true. And you'd have to get a computer that can like run those headsets. So I think for now it might actually be like be the most beneficial, I guess. Maybe. Because at least the cheapest entry point. Yeah. Like if you're and, uh, what, VR, PS4s are option. like three hundred. A, a PS4 new is like four hundred still, a used one is oh. like 300 something a three through like 20 so you're looking at like an 800 dollar intro whereas you'd have to have like a 1500 dollar pc yeah 600 so it's, it's the it's the cheapest but maybe it not, might not be like the best performing so well it, i mean they're writing for dedicated hard like they know what they're going to be using for as hardware wise so yeah it'll be well that might help out a little bit yeah, it won't be. But I mean, time soon. But I'm just worried. Like the mo, like obviously we're at the germination of the VR era, and to launch it on a console, like I wish they would have waited like a generation. 
mm-hmm. that like their Super PS PlayStation came out. Because sure. like I feel like all these VR games are going to be like fifteen dollar like hour hour and a half playthrough kind of things. You know, like yeah, oh no, like they'll probably be good. I think you're right because uh, they'll be enjoyable, but like they're going to be very short and like not replayable. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, and that's what we've seen with a lot of VR like games. That have yeah, that's on. what you're seeing. But... And like people said, like you're paying a ton of money for this, and then they like the game, the people that make the games can't really keep up with a uh, like a good source of yeah ton. And like I, I honestly personally think that you should wait for a, at least another year, maybe longer to invest in anything unless you have unless you have the money go now but it's probably best to wait because they the person like the uh the headsets are going to get cheaper the games are going to get better so it's just i honestly think it's best to wait true that maybe just because i haven't been sold on the vr thing generally i think it's one of those some question you really need to experience before you're sold by it right because, like, I'm questioning bringing it to two, three-year-old consoles, you know? Two and three-year-old consoles that were already considered a bit weak when they were launched. Yeah. But, I mean, it's they know what they're working with, so... Maybe. I'm sure... Maybe will, I'm sure they'll get me on the VR wagon, and I'll buy a PS4 here in the next couple months. There we go. <laughs> you have another convert T over here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that they announced... The release date and price of the PlayStation VR headset. They spent some time talking about a couple of the shorter PlayStation VR experiences that you can expect. First one was a game called Farpoint. Now, I don't know if this one is a short VR experience, but it has the look of a full-size game, but I don't really know. Like a first-person shooter on Mars. Uh, VR headset compatible, of course, so you're like looking around the headset. It looked relatively clean, looked pretty functional. I don't know if it's actually any good or not because I haven't had a chance to play it. But uh, there's a first-person shooter coming if you want to look forward to that. Uh, this one kind of got me excited until they, until I really realized what it was, but it was Star Wars Battlefront X-Wing VR mission, which they specifically said it was VR mission. So I think it's just a really short like one X-Wing mission length VR thing where you're piling in an X-Wing. Which means it may take only 10 or 15 minutes to get through it. It's unfortunate. But the the idea is cool. After that was the teaserish announcement of Batman Arkham VR. And basically the only thing you can really gather from the trailer was that the Joker would make an appearance and he's still voiced by Mark Hamill, so it's a classic Joker voice. And it wasn't until after the event where I heard some people at the press talking about what they experienced while playing it. And yeah, it's like a first person Batman experience where you can like look around and you're in the Wayne Manor and you look down at your belt and there's like grappling hooks and batarangs and stuff. So it's going to be like a full size, well not full size, but it's like a hour to two long, hour, two hour long experience where you're playing as Batman. That'll be cool. I don't know the price of it. I think it's like $30 or something like that maybe. Or when that's coming out. Oh, but then the last VR thing they showed was... I don't even know if this is like a... I don't even know if this is real, but they showed like... 
a VR capable version of Final Fantasy 15. There was this weird mm-hmm. moment where one of the characters was actually wearing a VR headset and looked at the screen and did a pose, and it was just really weird. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting kind of turned off by this. Yeah, I'm not too much of a fan of Final Fantasy already, but I don't. This game looks off a bit for some reason. I don't know. Well, I think it's because of the VR, like the input output kind of thing, where like you're limited to a controller still. Uh huh. And you have a headset, so like I don't know if you've seen some of the Vive gameplay where you have like these boxes you teleport to. I don't think I've seen that. It's like that's how you move around. It's like you teleport to bo- like move around into boxes that are in your like play space. Oh, interesting. I haven't really looked into the Vive too much just because I have a feeling I'm never gonna get one. At least not, at least <laughs> so not for like that price. That's what. That's what it kind of looked like was limiting that gameplay a little bit. Is they were like teleporting to various areas of play kind of thing but i want to see it develop more there's so much potential fluidly so much potential i don't want to have to get you know two 1080s to (laughs) it's a little excessive (laughs) speaking of potential this next scene i i almost feel bad for liking what i saw (laughs) so same so they were showing this footage of a like futuristic first-person shooter, and it starts off with the character like hopping into a jet fighter, and flying into space. And he's flying on space and he's taking out ships. And like I'm like, okay, this looks kind of cool. Uh, it actually looks relatively controllable. It's not like scripted. I think you have most control over the ship. And then there's a scene where he like lands the ship. Gets out and starts shoot like grappling hooking around the space area and he's like shooting guys through space and he's like jumping around and jetpacking around and I'm like, Oh my god, this looks really cool. And at the very end it shows the title of the game. And it's Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And I'm like, God damn it, I was looking forward to a Call of Duty game for a second. I mean you could recognize the F thirty five type spacecraft. Yes. At the beginning. Yeah, I think kind of new. You're like, oh, like, yeah. They were intentionally hiding the title of the game yeah. first. They're like, we have to do something. <laughs> it, I think it did save it a little bit. This does look better than the other trailer they released. It doesn't look and, terrible. Yeah, it doesn't look terrible. And <laughs> I remember commenting earlier before I said anything about. Um, uh, so I, before I saw this trailer, I'm like, "Hey, the new Titanfall has grappling hooks. I can almost guarantee the new Infinite, the new Call of Duty is gonna have grappling hooks." And yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> and there's even more grappling happened. hooks. It's like I don't think they really mean to copy each other, but somehow they did, and it happened last time too, where the new Call of Duty had like, um, not mechs, but it had a, it had the suits on. And it had the uh, like the jump packs, the jet packs, right. yeah, that type of thing. And they both the both games had it, and they came out relatively close to each other, which was like, wow, really, guys, come on, be original. But I think I know that uh, I think that everyone's looking forward to this just because of Call of Duty Four. Yeah, like before, and I was like, I'm not getting this. I'd, I'd feel bad spending eighty dollars to get both games. 
I usually skip the Infinity Ward Call of Duties just so I can get zombies from the Treyarch ones. Yeah. I might have to pick I up mean, the last one. The There's last one I had was Modern Warfare 3, I think, was the last one I had. I didn't get Advanced Warfare or anything that was in between those two days. I skipped Modern Warfare 3 and Ghosts, and I don't feel bad about it. There was there was zombies for Call of Duty 4. Um, you just had to... Uh, it was complicated back then the PC on mod. the computer. You, you had to... It was a mod, and it was maps you had to download. I still think it's, it was like one of the most fun multiplayer zombies I've ever played, though. It's hard to explain. I bet there's not too many videos and not too many people know about it anymore. But... <laughs> I still go play it? Call Can D you still play it? Call of Duty 4 still has an active community on PC. I, I know, it's just everything's changed a lot since then. I remember when I played that, when I first played that, there was also a paintball mod that was like better than the paint, like the legit paintball games that I've played. <laughs> like the mod was better than the games. It was ridiculous. And that, like, I had the most fun um, out of any multiplayer game playing that. Those two mods. It was crazy. Did you ever play the Star Wars mod? No, I never got around to that. I was still back then young and I was scared to download too many things <laughs> or like to go to the websites and download them. Um, but let's just say it was yeah. a better Star Wars game than the recent Battlefield or Battlefront. <laughs> That's not too hard to do, though. So. <laughs> Damn. I'm not that surprised. <laughs> So yeah, after they showed Infinite Warfare, they had a little trailer that was showing the first mission of Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Remastered. I think I might end up getting the $80 version of Infinite Warfare so I can play that again. Probably my favorite Call of Duty to date. One of my favorite games of all time. Oh, it's a more expensive version of it? I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought they it, were just giving it to us. They, you have to get the $80 they version. Don't separate that before launch. They've made a big... Or suckers like me will decide like... and justify their decision. I feel bad about it. Probably won't get it at launch now that I think about it. I have other things to play. It'd be like a $40 separate game. <sighs> yeah. They'll separate it eventually, Kyle. I suggest to wait. <sighs> Why must he do this to me, Activision? <laughs> so, up until this point, the conference has been amazing. Like, good thing, not the good thing. Not this next part wasn't really bad, but it was probably the lower point of the conference. Is when uh, they announced that Crash Bandicoot was going to make a return to the PlayStation consoles in the form of remasters of the first three games and an appearance in Skylanders Imaginators. So, for those that were hoping for like an actual new Crash game, you are so sorely disappointed, I, I imagine. Just remasters and appearances in Skylanders. But that doesn't mean there won't be one in the future. And then after that, they had a trailer for the, the new Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens for some reason. I don't really know why. Because it was like, yeah, this game's coming out in two weeks. Uh, I don't really know why they devoted time during the conference to promote that. But uh, To say Star Wars. <laughs> there will be Star Wars at every conference at E3 this year. Well, I have not... Well, they, they, they already had the X-Wing thing earlier. Yeah, but that was like a mission. 
Now they have a full game. True, I guess. I guess that's. It is what no, it is. is multi-platform. I think the Lego games are perfectly fine. They're they're fun, pretty in depth too for what they offer. They're they're almost a guilty pleasure, but I don't really feel bad about them. They're just good, wholesome fun. Yeah, they're they've all they're always a lot of fun. The newer ones, I don't know if you've played any of the newer ones. They uh, a lot more open world, and it feels a bit weird. Because like the we've all I think we all played the original ones the original Star Wars. Yeah, I played and, like all uh, the old Star Wars ones. I think I also gross. played uh, what was it Lord of the Rings? Was there a Lord of the Rings one? Uh yes, there was. Yeah. I played that one and I played the Pirates of the Caribbean ones. Okay. That's I mean I I play I played the Indiana Jones one and that one was good too. They're always good. I don't know if there's any bad Lego games. Anyway, that that was probably what I'd say was like the low point of the conference. But then right after that, they kind of just blew everyone's socks off. They had Mad Max. They had the soundtrack of Mad Max playing the uh, Brothers in Arms song. Just blaring at the top of the stage. There's a staircase with lights. Descending down from the staircase was Mr. Hideo Kojima himself. Just walking down with super months of swagger. He comes down to the bottom of the stairs. And all he says is, I'm back. And the entire audience just just erupts in cheers. One of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Especially considering <laughs> the, uh, the rough year or two he's had in the past with uh, his split from Konami. And all the controversy surrounding his previous project. But he's back. And he announced the title of his newest game called Death Stranding. And I just want to say that this is one of the most confusing and Hideo Kojima-like trailers I have ever seen. So for those that have experienced a Kojima game before, you probably know what I'm talking about. For those that don't, you're probably completely lost. Am I right in assuming that? So, the trailer was uh wow. Yeah, you watching, you're just like, what am I, I watching right now? I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> really fucked you up. So for those that didn't see the trailer, I'm gonna describe it as best as I can. You had a man, a naked man on a beach. And on that beach <laughs> there were hundreds, no, thousands of dead sea animals. There were whales, fish. I think there might have been birds, but I'm not sure about that. There was just dead sea life everywhere. Then, like, it pans over back to the guy. And, he's, like I said, he's naked. But, like, on his arm, there's there's a pair of handcuffs. And then coming out of his stomach, there's, like, a mechanical umbilical cord. And he's attached to this baby that's laying on the sand. Picks up the baby and starts crying. And that's when it's revealed that the man is none other than Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead. Like, holy shit, no one saw that coming. Although he was involved with uh, his previous, Kojima's previous uh, project called Silent Tills. So they're still working together, and that's that's pretty cool to see. But like, yeah, so you have a naked man on the beach with his baby, and on the man's chest, you see that he, he, had, a, he had a cut there, implying that he had a C-section birth of the baby, even though he's a man. And then 
the baby turns invisible and starts crawling around and leaving invisible well not invisible he starts leaving ink stains behind and then the guy looks up and up in the sky there's these five ominous looking angelic figures just floating in the sky looking all menacing and that's when the title fades well it fades in and it's called death stranding now I, I could spend a lot of time just going into the symbolism of the trailer but i won't because that'll take a long time but it's classic kojima we have no idea what this game's about but it's an interesting it's an interesting trailer to watch and think about really we know it is kind of fucked up at times Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like we don't know anything about the game but I'm still excited because I am always down for whatever Kojima makes I'm going to take this opportunity to say if you've never experienced any of the Metal Gear Solid games you should do yourself a favor and play at least one of them just so that you can experience Kojima everyone needs a little Kojima in his life but then like yeah that was the big surprise and no one expected to happen Immediately after that, another surprise happened where uh, the announcement of a new Spider-Man game happened. And it was revealed that it is a Spider-Man game that's going to be exclusive to PlayStation 4. And it's being developed by Insomniac Games. I think the thing that you can compare this to most would be their infamous games. Pretty sure that was uh, Insomniac, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but this should be like a, a modern version of the infamous games a spider-man skin considering spider-man is probably one of my favorite superheroes i'm really looking forward to that mm -hmm. and finally we loop back around to the beginning of the conference where we have a gameplay demo of days gone how would you describe days gone um wow <laughs> i uh was not expecting this, and I didn't even know I wanted this until I saw it, which, <laughs> which happened with a, a, a couple things at this. Uh, I mean, at this whole E3, it was technologically but, impressive. Wow, I mean, it looks a lot like The Last of Us, which is saying a lot. The Last of Us looked amazing and played amazing, and the fact that you're a biker makes it really interesting, and that. It seems to be like you're still in a biker gang, even though it's post-apocalyptic. And this... It's like Sons of Anarchy meets The Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> and this, uh, which I know a ton of people would love a TV show after. <laughs> um, and uh, this, uh, it brought you into a, like, you're chasing after a fellow some, some or maybe a rival... Yeah, <laughs> um, biker, and you're chasing after him, and no one has any idea that this is really a zombie game yet. Right. Um, and you're we we just thought it was post post apocalyptic, like whatever. Anyway, that you, and you were a biker gang. Um, we're going into this, and then uh, you actually find the guy, and you're like in an abandoned logging mill, I think, and um. You find the guy, he's running away from you, and then something like jumps up at you and it looks like baby like and it was like crawling and you pushed away off your face and you continue to chase the guy and you round the corner and he rounds the corner and there's a mob of like 
50 or so zombies. Like, there's a ton of them. Think, like, and, World War Z numbers of zombies. Yeah, and it was like, oh, shit. Both of you take off running. At, well, I think I think he, sh- he shoots him in the leg and leaves him be <laughs> yeah. and lets him get eaten by the zombie. <laughs> Classic. And um, World War Z is a very good description for these zombies because they are not like any zombies I've seen in any other game because they sprint at you. Full speed sprint and they mob into like hundreds. I think it was confirmed that they're not undead, that they are infected. Just like World War Z zombies. But it is the same same idea where yeah, they're like genetically altered humans where they're faster more aggressive and stuff like that. Okay, that makes sense then, because normal zombies can't run like that. But these infected act like, I mean, you're almost playing a rated R version of World War Z, which everyone wanted a rated R version of World War Z, because a rated uh, PG-13 was not very good. Um, It was a good story, but I didn't like the rest of that. The book was Um, better. The book is always better. It's okay. Uh, and the the trailer ends where you have been. You ran up and you made it to the top of like a silo, and you have you were like stopping. Like the guy playing was like stopping randomly and like shooting back and like mowing down like you, fifty you, or so zombies. And it's not since they're not one zombie zombies. from another. It's just a mob of flesh. Yeah, and there's hundreds and hundreds of them. And I'm guessing since they're not actually zombies, headshots don't have to be... They're not you don't have to headshot them. But it's better, obviously, if you get headshots. And uh, he was mowing them down, and he finally made it in the silo, and he's just about to get overwhelmed, and the trailer ends. I love and the part where he's like, crossing the bridge on their the feet. silo, and he's on the bridge, yeah. he turns around, and he just mows through the, like, the last hundred of the zombies on the bridge. It was intense. Yeah. But like... The huge scene I took away from this demo is that the technology to support so many mobs on the screen at one time is impressive from the PlayStation technology. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I've seen stuff like that before on PC, but not really in consoles. So if the game can hold a decent frame rate while looking like that, I'm going to be very impressed. Yeah, me too. I can see is it bogging a- down really easily and just being like, oh, I can't move. Ah. Is this a PS4 exclusive? I believe so. Nice. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up optimizing it for the PlayStation Neo. Probably, yeah. Which is the rumored or semi-confirmed eight, like higher quality PlayStation 4 console that's maybe coming next year. No one really knows. But yeah, so that was the PlayStation conference and it was quite a wild ride in my opinion. What would you guys rate it on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, This was my favorite conference and has so much I'm looking forward to. And it started out with such a boom with the uh, God of War. And since it's my favorite and we haven't given any yet, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Nice, nice. Noah? Um, well... Considering I don't have a PlayStation, but <laughs> I would pick up at least two of the games. I think if I had one, they're not 
good enough to make me go out and buy one. But um, right. I'd say it was like a solid seven, seven and a half, All maybe right. an eight. I can respect that. I myself am looking forward to pretty much every game that was listed here. Uh, some more than others, of course, but everyone looked good enough in my books. And I'd give Are the conference uh, eventually. I don't think it'd be like a day one purchase, but I'd get it eventually. Yeah, uh, I'd say the conference is a solid 10 out of 10 in my book. My favorite of the show. Um, and before we're done talking about E3, there was one last thing I want to talk about. And it was the Nintendo Direct that happened the day after the other events. It's not like a formal press conference. It's just like a pre-recorded thing that they do from time to time. And there was a few things in particular that they focused on in this one. The first one was they showed some new footage of the upcoming Pokemon Sun and Moon versions. And they released... Well, they revealed the new game mode called Battle Royale, which is like a four-player free-for-all Pokemon battle. It's um, I don't even know how to describe it, but yeah, there's like four sections of the battlefield, and you can pick and choose which people you want to take out. You can even team up with other people to take out this person that's winning, stuff like that. So you know, it's, it's pretty cool seeing the evolution of Pokemon. And uh, speaking of the evolution of Pokemon, they had some information on the upcoming Pokemon Go. They announced it was going to be coming out sometime in July. And that there would be a special version of it called Pokemon Go Plus, which costs $35. And it comes with a special wristband that you can wear and attach to your phone, which allows you to play the game without having to open the phone in order to save battery life. So that's pretty cool. I do believe I... that next episode will be going into great detail on pokemon go because i'm almost certain we're all gonna be playing quite a bit of that probably yes probably probably <laughs> just don't just everyone be careful and don't like wander into as, the streets as anything. tempting as hopping out of your car to get an articuno may be don't do it <laughs> i will try not to i promise <laughs> and don't quit your job to get there bro <laughs> don't I... leave work to go catch your Pokemon. <laughs> I think the two gyms by my house have already changed hands because they've been switching back between yellow and red and blue and red. Oh, really? Quite a few times. That's so cool. Yeah, that's going to be a big topic of discussion next episode for sure. Uh, speaking of big topics, Nintendo spent probably 90% of their E3 time talking about the upcoming Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Don't blame them. <laughs> Um, have have either of you two played much Zelda? Any of them? Um, I unfortunately have not played too much. I did play one of them on the Wii. I'm not sure which one. Was it Twilight but I Princess? It. I don't know. It was. It looked really good. I know that. True that. But yeah, so. I know Nintendo tends to always come out with game announcements and say that this newest one is going to be the best and most ambitious one they've had to date. And that's not always true. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But in the in this case, with the new Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, that really is the case. This is definitely the most ambitious Zelda title I have seen from them since the first one. Like the one way back in the 80s. Uh, some changes is that this is a complete open world Zelda game. It features an enhanced sneaking 
enhanced sneaking mechanics, so you can actually like sneak up and take enemies out. There's uh, tree and rock climbing, so you can get to new areas of the open world. There's like special fire effects, so you can use torches to burn cover from enemies. Uh, there's cooking, which means you can also like hunt animals and collect meat from them and cook them food, which gives you health back and stuff like that. Maybe additional benefits too. Uh, there's also like environmental hazards, so you can like aggravate a beehive and they'll attack enemies for you, or you can knock a boulder off a hill and it'll roll down and attack enemies. Uh, they showed a bit of a new item, which is like a giant ice cube. And you can put it in water, which will freeze the water around you. So you can traverse special areas with that. Uh, they showed a bit of the new combat. It looks kind of like how it was in Twilight Princess. Maybe slightly more refined. But it's basically the same as the other 3D Zelda games. So it should be acceptable at the very least. Uh, they did show a bit of a wolf companion that you can have. And I think that's an amiibo. So it's like a DLC kind of thing that you need to activate but from what i saw the wolf companion he's super good and he will basically make every encounter you have a breeze which is okay in my books because wolf companions are awesome exactly <laughs> you can never go wrong with a wolf pet exactly uh the game is going to be coming out on wii u although i think it will be a better experience on nx when that eventually releases sometime next year i think I think uh, Legend of Zelda is supposed to launch sometime in March, but don't quote me on that. That's just a prediction. So yeah, if you have a Wii U, this looks like the best Zelda game ever. And if you're thinking about getting an NX, then this is another reason you should consider getting an NX in the future. Uh, and very briefly, this was another thing that they showed. I don't, I don't think it was part of their direct, but they they announced a new game called Ever Oasis. For the 3DS, and it's like a RPG kind of game that looked like it was a mix between Animal Crossing and Legend of Zelda, where like you have the gameplay of Legend of Zelda, but the main focus is on like creating a relationship with the townsfolk and then building the city up, and making it better, giving it some defenses and stuff like that. So it was kind of interesting to see that they announced uh, a new title there. That's awesome. And then yeah, that's going to wrap up all of the e3 coverage we have this year and it was quite a lot so before we close out the show let's just go quickly through game releases that happened in june that you might have missed this includes a 3ds version of donkey kong country 3 a 3ds version of metroid prime hunters a game called hearts of iron 4 for pc Mirror's Edge Catalyst came out for PC, Xbox One, and PS4. A game called The Solace Project came out for PC and Xbox One. The PlayStation 4 version of Psychonauts has come out. Kirby Planet Robobot has been released for 3DS. We mentioned this earlier, but Trials of the Blood Dragon is available for PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Uh, Dead by Daylight has been released for PC. Do you guys Have you guys looked at that much? It looks very promising, actually. That's I have not. Uh, yeah, I watched some of the Yogg's cast play it. Yeah, that's a game. Pretty it's an asymmetric multiplayer fun. game where it's like four people that are trying to survive from the fifth player that's a serial killer with machete and stuff. Oh. So it's like a, like a Friday the 13th game, but there's like asymmetric qualities to it. 
Uh, if you have like a person, it's like evolve, but smaller scale. Instead of monsters versus hunters, it's monsters versus teenagers. He's thrown on meat hooks. <laughs> he throw on meat hooks and they get impaled by weird spider things. Uh, I'd highly recommend checking out like some YouTube videos of it. it. Looks really cool. I've seen a lot of people have a good time of it. But then, um, yeah. So we also have the Wii U version of Minecraft was released. Amazing that this game is still receiving new ports. <laughs> uh, the disappointing Mighty Number no. Nine has released on many a console and PC. Uh, it's fortunate that Mega Man fans have not taken to it very well. The Umbrella Corpse, which is a Resident Evil spinoff, was released for PC and PS4. Don't touch that with a 20-foot pole. Trust me. <laughs> Lego Star Wars, it's, it's just bad. Really bad. Okay. Unpolished. Uh, Lego Star Wars The Force Unleashed was released on practically everything. Practically everything. You can play Lego Star Wars wherever you want. Uh, the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 versions of Seven Days to Die was released. Which is uh, that survival horror game I think we talked about before. Not survival horror, it's like a survival, open world survival game. It looks good. It does actually, yeah. Uh, the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 versions of Prison Architect was released. Mike, weren't you playing the PC version not too long ago? Uh, I bought it through the Steam sales and I played like a little bit through the tutorial. The tutorial is super long. It's almost like a single player. It's just teaching you how to do everything. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot like a tycoon game and you're just managing your own prison. There's a lot that goes into it. It's a pretty in-depth. And the story uh, slash tutorial is <laughs> pretty dark and it's a uh, it's really interesting. Yeah. How they, how they First mission, you have to build an execution chamber. Yep. Oh, build an execution <laughs> chamber. It's it's pretty cool how they're all tied together and they sh- like show you the backstory for everything too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's really cool. Like they get their own cutscenes and stuff. I had a friend that was playing a lot of that back in the day, and he liked it a lot. So good to hear that it's now available on the consoles. Um. Then the Wii U version of Terraria was released. In addition, there was an Xbox One and PlayStation 4 version of Resident Evil 5. For those that are excited about 7, you can play that one now. Uh, the Technomancer has released on PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4, which I was kind of looking forward to it, but I hear some mixed things about it. It's like a... Kind of, I, I, it's like a... Imagine if you had a Dragon Age game, but it took place in a Mad Max world. Instead of magic, you have technology. I hear there's a couple of things around with the execution of the game, but it was a cool premise anyway. Uh, Star Ocean Integrity and Faithlessness was released for PS4. I'm not really into JRPGs, but for those that are, I hear it's really good. Uh, apparently, Black Desert Online had a expansion come out called Valencia Part 1. I don't really know what kind of content it added. But it's nice to see that the game is having new content released for it. We were playing it quite a bit when it first came out, but it stopped for the most part. Uh, and then finally, the game that was created by the developers of Limbo called Inside has released for Xbox One. That wraps up everything that happened in June. 
And a couple of things you can look forward to in July includes the release of Pokemon Go for Android and iOS, PC version of Inside. Uh, there's a new Ghostbusters game coming out for PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. Monster Hunter Generations for 3DS. A JRPG called I Am Setsuna for PC and PS4. The Xbox One and PlayStation 4 versions of The Banner Saga 2. And apparently the PC version of Fallout Shelter is coming out sometime in July, but I do not know the exact date. So that's a maybe. And I do believe that's going to wrap up this super mega long episode of Mouse and Joystick. Do you guys have anything you want to say before we sign off? Any, uh, any final words? I, I mean, I hope everyone stuck around for the whole thing. Sorry it was so long, but there was a lot to cover. There was a lot. Um, to, was, this is going to be like a was, once a year thing, maybe. So, next episode should be back to like normal one hour length episodes, hopefully, unless we go on a huge tangent for Pokemon Go. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. It's pretty easy to get going on tangents when it comes to Pokemon. But then, uh, yeah, until then, we'd, I'd, yeah. we'd love to see you guys on the Twitter or Facebook pages. We always love to talk to you guys on there. If you have any questions, feel free to leave them there. We'll probably get to them during the next episode. If you have any comments on what your favorite part of E3 was, let us know. We'd love to hear that as well. And until the next time, I hope you guys have a good night. Yep. See everybody next time. Have a good